powered from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studios of Hazel, Texas, and the Tatawai Studios of Black Mountain, North Carolina. Welcome to Primetime Special Edition 144. Tonight, the Scar Coop Coalition gets back together for a reunion, and we do some post-game commentary on this year's PCA Trade Show. And of course, Primetime Special Edition is sponsored by Perdomo Cigars. Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobaccos that have been carefully hand-selected and a well-aged for a minimum of eight years. Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers. A smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sungrown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combining these beautifully bourbon barrel aged wrappers with thick, high priming binder and filler tobaccos gives each blend a balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigar is a family owned and operated company headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo Double Age 12 Year Vintage. Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Lime, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel Aids, Perdomo Lot 23, Perdomo Iminso 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at www.perdomocigars.com. And of course, we want to mention Jerry Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age of Cigars of Cuba, it was a leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it is one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamistran Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds. And in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to cigar production, the JRE Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now, with Jerry Tobacco, Hunis and Husso have brought their very own brand to market and each contain that authentic Corolla leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the Aladino Classic, and each represent the Golden Age of Cigars from 1947 to 1961. Available at your local retailer, be sure to ask for Jerry Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every drawer. And of course, we want to mention Tobacalera USA, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo. Romeo Lujeta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco USA, great things are happening here. And of course, we want to mention Drew Estate, dark, bold, and unapologetic. Black and Cigars, I mean, we know one by Drew Estate is his intense journey into the uncharted, deepest, and darkest, and heaviest depths of Maduro tobacco. This is a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distilling's Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Jonathan Drew. The all Maduro blackened cigars M81 by Drew Estate is rich and powerful, but beautifully balanced, offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso. It's perfect for life celebrations and times of reflection. You could find them at your Drew Diplomat retailer. And remember, all the live streaming for the primetime network shows is sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate, as well as the the California studios for the Thursday primetime show. Well, welcome, everybody. This is primetime special edition 144. We're doing a Wednesday edition just to confuse everybody because we changed the schedule around this week um, from our normal Tuesday, which we did the primetime show. But that's another story. But we're doing this on Wednesday. Uh, this is Will Cooper. I am in the Perdomo Scott Studios on the black stage. Uh, first, I'm joined by my regular co-host, Mr. Bear Duplissy. 
Uh, good evening, Coop. Good evening. Good evening. Um, has the Vietnamese coffee from last night worn off yet? Um, no Vietnamese. I actually have decaf today, believe it or not. So I may fall asleep. Good no, call. The, the, the good Vietnamese call. coffee was a good move yesterday. It's strong. It's it wired me. It's, I think there was a point. Yeah, where I know. You've been up since then. So yeah, I mean, no, I did go to I did go to sleep. I actually fell right asleep. But all good. We had a good show last night. Hey, let's bring in let's bring in the gang right away uh, as we get into the opening. Yeah. Um, first from the from the Tatawai Studios in Black Mountain, North Carolina, the one and only the legendary Ben Lee. Ben, welcome, buddy. Uh, glad to be on. Thanks for having me back on here, and uh, good seeing everybody, gentlemen. Glad to be back with y'all again. No, that's uh, always hola, hola. Yep. Um, and then of course coming from um, I guess we should have said the Rockin' Studios out in Illinois. Uh, give the credit there. Uh, he's the dial rock and vodka, rock and vodka. vodka. Yep, the rock and vodka studios. Yep. Um, the dialed man himself, Aaron Nielsen. Gentlemen, gentlemen, always a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to see you guys. I feel like uh, it's been a while, and um, while we connect every day in some form or fashion, it's always great to see your lovely faces on this fine, fine Wednesday evening. Excited to get into some PCA talk. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got a haircut. Yes, he did. Yeah, so I, you know, I had to go a little more aerodynamic. It was getting hot in the summertime and, you know, and uh, I get to go to Houston next week, which, you know, why not pick Houston in August? It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's a good call. Yeah, I, so, I got rid of the locks too, man. So, I mean. So there's, you know, Houston's a great cigar town. You know that that's a, like one of the best cigar. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. that's not the, that's not the question, Coop. It's it's Houston in August. That's that's it's the cigar shops. Are, the it, the it, cigar it, shops it, are there in October. Just it's air conditioned. It's air conditioned. That's all he needs to know. <laughs> yeah. I will be frequenting a few, hopefully. Yeah. Um. No, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I actually, you know, who I saw at the trade show. Actually, I saw um Jorge from Stogies. Oh yeah, that's I always bump into with the show. Of show, I, I, I that's shop in Houston, like, man. Yep, that's well, my it's shop. The only, it's the only shop I go and I actually purchase Lanceros. So I'm gonna probably get some Lanceros when I go to Stogies. That's, Win in Rome, dude. Thing. Win yeah. in Rome. You mm -hmm. do that's her specialty. Every time I'm there, it's her specialty. I I think I picked up an LH Lancero that was dialed last time I was there. So I'll I'll scope some things out for you guys and see if I I'll pick up no 660s for you, Coop, but I will get some Lanceros for the team. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, look that you would mention the LH Lancero, and and you know, Nick is a friend of mine. I know Nick a long time. He that's a that, that LH Maduro Lancero is a hell of a Lancero. Great. I, I uh, he it's a very good Lancero. Uh, I, as much grief as I we, gave him we, for making a Lancero, it's a good Lancero. We get it, Coop. You only like Lanceros from your friends. We got it. That's cool. No. It's all good. <laughs> no, I oh. mean, uh, I, you want to name some? I can name some rents. Uh, you know, I can, you can name, name some enemies. Lancer. You can Listen, name some enemies. The big good lanceros. You cannot answer this in a good way. Okay, <laughs> Ben, Just, shut the fuck up. This is good. This is good content. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, be, what I'm be for tonight, private, this will be for a private chat. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> that I'm starting off with a Postani, Connecticut. That's my smoke. I'm starting off with. All right. I'm ready to light this sucker up. Yeah. Um, Aaron, what did you decide to light up? Well, I'll mispronounce it. So, Bear, what am I smoking here? The <laughs> you're smoking it. Bla you're smoking your hand. <laughs> I can't see it. Uh, so I, let's see. There we go. Wait. Uh, uh, oh, the uh, the Angel Cuesta. Angel Cuesta. Thank you. Angel Cuesta. All oh, right. JC Newman Cigar Company. 
All right. So I'm smoking a pre rolled at rolled at the L roll factory in Tampa. Yeah. The El Rahol. Yeah. That's uh I think that may be one from the party that we got. That was no. uh yeah, not in the size. This is a uh, Toro. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. That's yeah. my favorite size. This is really good so far. I I jumped ahead of you a little bit, Ben. Of course, I'll probably smoke forty or two, but uh probably so far it's good. Yeah, yeah. The uh I'm actually smoking a pre-release, so it's got the white band on here. Uh, this is the Seis Provincias ZDT, which stands for Zona del Tobacco. It's actually the Pinar del, Re- Re- del Rio region, but they, they can't, can't use that. that. Ac- they can't use that acronym <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, but this, uh, I have, I had a prototype of this. This is, I think, more the final blend, and this is uh, Espinosa's foray into a Corojo wrapper. So. Uh, it's a six by 48 box press. It's very pressed. I mean, this thing is like square. So um, I'm going to light that up. And then I have a uh, Esteban Carreras taken from the Devil's Hand Maduro in a, in a beautiful 60 ring gauge. Oh. That I noticed that no one took that cigar right? when, when we were dividing cigars up. And basically, I tell everyone they can take all my samples. I don't really care. And then I got a Saka Khan to wrap up. Hey, Coop, let me know how that, uh, the one you're smoking right now is, because I've got it. I haven't smoked it's, it yet. I'll be interested to see what okay. you Okay. Yeah, it wasn't the Saka Khan. That's the Papa Saka. Did I say Saka? Yeah, right, Papa Saka. And yeah, I don't have the Vietnamese coffee going tonight, Bear. All right, but most importantly, um, Bear, you have to decide. We have to decide what Bear is going to smoke. Yeah. And uh, Bear, I'll leave it to you who you want to pick to make that decision. Aaron, I don't think you've ever picked my cigar, have you? Right, like I feel like I it's have, been... but it's been I have, but it's been a while. So go, I'll okay. do it. All right. All right, cool. So I have the Atabay 10th anniversary. Oh, jeez. The Serafine de Cuba La Floridana. Mm. The Johnny Tobacconot Robusto Room 101. The Intemperance uh, Volstead uh, in, uh, 1920. There's a flub for you. Uh, it's the Robusto. And the George Rico El Enigmo. Well, based on I, I know some of those in terms of I gotta go out of bay, especially first. Let's do this, man. Let's do this. I'm stoked. Shout out to Oliver Nouveau, Dan Davison. Yep. For hooking us up. Yep, they did. Um uh, we had a really good boost visit with um with them this year so uh we got the nelson which uh alfonso as well i didn't get the i didn't get that on my i i gave it to somebody and i didn't get a return so i'll have to uh um okay i got two so i probably have yours because there were two in my bag i'll go i'll go buy one that's fine no no i got we got like i sent you like i said it was tough like bear like i what happened is there were other samples in my bag that maybe bear i didn't give to bear to just divide up so i think i ended up with two i think i have yours so. yeah it's convenient right the out of bay the yeah. bay gets kind of yeah. left no, out I, I i've never i you know me guys i i, I kid around but i never that's, that's why we can fuck around with you Coop. yeah, yeah i got i got 10 of the short robusto osmeters though so i've got that going for me which is good nice nice um so, um, you got 10 of those. I think Coop sent me a boatload. Which one did I send you? 
that Osmond the air, the that, little, that little short uh, the air mess. Oh. because they gave us those. Okay. Yeah, the, they were liberated. They were liberated. So, yeah, yeah, um, we had a ton of those. Yeah. So you, yeah, you got some. Yeah, and and by the way, um, probably my favorite of the Osgunner releases. Knowing that those were show floor samples and everything, right? It, I, I got to the, see that. Out of the two, it's your favorite. That's out of really... anything that Osgunner's put under the Osgunner name has been put out since the company resurrected. Oh, that, okay. So that one I, of four. What of four? The one of four. Yeah, I. I haven't you had smoked, the new. You, you smoked the new Python Asia? No, it's the only one I haven't. But I've smoked the old one, and I smoked the two iterations of Bosphorus. And Aramis by far is laps both of all those cigars that I've had. Okay. I thought it was really good, the Aramis. So um, I almost, I actually lit one up. I smoked it on jukebox over the weekend, and I was really impressed with it. And that was it. That was a show floor sample that they gave us. So. Uh, I, just really, were, I really like the Bicentestasia from last year. I'm just shocked. Um, I thought it was okay. I thought it was okay. Um, but you know, it's everyone's to each his own. But like I said, I I can only imagine what that Aramis is going to be like. That's not been on the show floor all week. So I actually I have some that I've ordered now that I have. Um, I I actually ordered them from Jay Davis right before. No, it wasn't Jay Davis because Jay didn't have them. But uh, I think I got them from Corona. So, yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, I, I tried to get them from Jay. So, Jay knows I tried to get them. Uh, all right. But, guys, we're back from the trade show. Um, Aaron, now you're, you've are you been through three of these. Ben, you've been through more of these than me. Beardis, I think, was your fifth, right? 18, 19, 21, 22, 23. All right. Uh, general impressions. Uh, we'll start out with what the trade show. What do you, you know? We've been to a lot of these. What did you guys think? Uh, general impressions. I have a few general impressions. I'll, I'll after you guys go, I'll mention. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, Dad. Yeah, please. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a pretty nice show, man. I, it seemed like it, to me, it seemed like it was decently well attended. Um, the there was definitely more booths there. Um, we saw a lot of really, really nice booths as well, more than we saw the year before. Some bigger booths. Yep. Um, I thought it was it was everything was done well. The the opening day seminars were really nice. We attended most of those, and I th- actually I thought they were really informative. We enjoyed them. They they did good. Yeah. 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 Really good. Um, I thought I thought everything ran really smoothly actually this year. It was really well run. Yeah. Yeah. One of the smoothest I think I've attended so far. It's they, they did a really good job, but it seemed like the vibe of the show was real popular. Everybody was seemed happy. That a lot of booths were even just hammering out sales on the last the half day. Yeah, which was crazy. I mean, some second year in a row we've seen packed. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, a lot of the a lot of the stuff we do on the on the on that half day. Some of we schedule because we know we want to get it to where sometimes the booths are a bit slower, so we can spend you know more time at certain booths. But some of them, man, it was hard to get in there because it was so many people, so many customers still there, wanting to place orders. You know, yeah. So I thought it was a great show overall. Bear, what about you? Um, I agree with a bunch of those sentiments. Uh, I've really loved the the last three years. Um, I think it's because it's such a stark contrast. So like 18 was like, that was fucking Disney world for me. Right. Like it's my first trade show. 
I it's like I'm just I'm the guy who gets nominated at the Oscars, just happy to be here. And you know, getting my free samples. I, you know, I, like... I, I, I jinxed. I jinxed it. We've you know, I fucking caused a fire in AJ's booth somehow, even though I wasn't even. That's the Scott the Pierce jinx. That's the Scott. I wasn't Pierce even the, That's yeah. I, was, I wasn't even in the state. I was at my son's birthday party. Um, at the time, so um, <laughs> 19, 19 was such. I I mean, I still had a great time, um, and I still really enjoyed it. But it was sucked. It yeah. I mean, just the overall attitude, and it was just, I mean, just holy shit, like, just holy depression, Batman. Like, it was fucking depressing. Like, um, and, of course, we all know what happened with 20 and everything, but 21, 22, and now 23, man. I've just really, man, I've loved the vibe. People are fucking happy to be there, like you were saying, Ben. I, I mean, just genuinely happy. A lot of, a lot of smiles, and it, it, it felt more, it felt more like family um and just just all around like even like i mean we know about tiffs in the industry and all that bullshit like even that wasn't like oozing into the aisles and we know well we'll talk about we'll talk about the one attendee well maybe we won't that was you know could have caused some waves and stuff like that at some point but he he showed up and 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 he wasn't really a big deal it wasn't really a big deal you know because there were a lot of people who had a problem with him being there and but whatever you know yep um, but overall, um, I, I mean, I'll just go ahead and get my hot take out of the way. Um, overall, like uh, that was great. And I really enjoyed that. A lot of great stories, good interviews, a lot of great conversations. Here's my hot take though. Um, overall, like how underwhelming were like the new releases? Yeah. Like oh, yeah. it was, it was the most underwhelming year, uh, ever. I ever I've been 13 years. I, this is the worst year for new releases. Yeah, I mean, it's been I mean, definitely in the five that I've attended. But I mean, I've been following trade show coverage and there have been some good ones. Only, yeah. But I'm just saying if you had to add the sum of them, it was weak this year. Yeah, I I was I was just I was I was kind of just in shock. Uh, just how like overall, like were there good cigars? Absolutely. You know, were there like, you know. Were there interesting projects? Absolutely. But like, I'm talking about the general whole, man. I'm not so the, like, I'm going to get all the tape mail in the morning. Like, oh, so you think X, Y, and Z is bullshit? And they're like, come on, guys. No, like, it's we're, not we're going we're, we're to go through our top fives and our letdowns too tonight. So yeah, we'll get into some of that. And that doesn't mean, yeah. So the letdowns, when you get the hate mail, uh, you, you can send it right to, you could send them right to me too. Yeah. You, know, you can copy me on them and. Hey, before we get to Aaron, right? Um, I wanted there was one point with Ben I wanted to mention. Ben, you talked about the booths this year, right? And I it was, was something that I haven't talked about. I mean, I've done a few of these recap shows, and I've heard, and I have, I have no one talked about it. the booths are starting to get back to the pre-COVID booths. So you know, it, like, and I know when Aaron went to his first trade show, it was like. We, the booze were like bare bones, minimalist booze, right? A lot of them. But this year, I started to see the booze kind of get back for the first time. Uh, maybe they weren't as big, but they weren't these minimalist uh, booze anymore, with the exception of Caldwell, is what I'll say. You know, oh, where that was that was a damn joke. Yeah, that was that was atrocious, honestly, yeah. and, and embarrassing for the whole industry. I agree. I totally but, agree. Yeah, I agree with you. My I audio cut out. What was an what was atrocious? God, I'm not. I'm not. Cald I'm, Caldwell boost the Caldwell. Oh, 
Yeah. The, oh, the table, the table, the table and chair. Yeah, it, yeah. And and you know what? It's sad. I'm gonna say it's. Oh, get this one. I'm like, it's sad because that booth has such an art. Like that. Remember the old Caldwell booth? It was yeah, one of the, like the, crate, the crates and shit. Yeah, the, crate, that was great. the art feel to it. And that, that's what's sad about it is I know that he can make a great booth and I know it's expensive, but to go the opposite way, it, it, it's it's I don't know. It just doesn't set well. with you me. No, yeah. here's here's my thing. Robert Caldwell is is up there with one of the most creative minds in the industry. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Like one of the most creative minds knows how to market. I mean, he, I mean, he dudes off his rocker wild crazy and yep. in, a, in a way that works for him. That's, that's, you know, that's pretty, pretty cool. Yep. Like this is like the third year in a row that like he's carrying over the joke. Like, like that's what he's doing. It's, it's a, it's a, and, and the PCA has, the PCA has let him do it. I mean, I guess that that's, 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 that's actually problem number one. Like, yeah. okay. For, first of all, okay. Robert, you're better than this man. Find a new gag. Like, yeah, you, you you're funnier than this man. Like, if you're you you're more creative than this. I know he can. I know he, if he wants to do something funny or tongue in cheek, he can do better than that. Like, you can do better. Like, like toilet two, paper in the Mambacho booth was, was that was funny. fucking great. That was like the, the funnier, yeah. stickers in the urinals and stuff. Like the guy, the guy's right. a fucking riot, man. Right. I'm just saying but, he is creative and he makes fun, but this is not funny. It's just now it's enough is enough with this. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. The, gag, the gag's done. But the gag's like, done. It's not cool. But the, yeah. PC, but the PCA letting it go on, like, is... I think there has to be a minimum booth standard I'm in there. Like, if you're going to exhibit, have a tablecloth at least, please. I mean, so... Uh... All right, Aaron, uh, I'm sorry we cut Aaron off. So, Aaron, uh, I know... That, you know, yeah. I'm second-class citizen. That's fine. I get it. Um, Technically, you're so, fourth. Just so we're clear. That's fine. So, so... He, and you spend the most money on cigars, so just to keep in mind... Uh... I do. Um, just so you guys are, everybody's aware. I wasn't able to attend for family reasons. I couldn't attend the whole show, so I got to. I got to put an asterisk next to this. But going sure. back, to, but going back to the original question, um, nothing's going to compare to year one because I was like Barrett's, like kid in a candy store. I, I I went, you know, eyes wide open. Um, nothing will, I don't think, match that for me. Just because it was just like Disneyland for me that first go round. Um, secondly, I'm going to call. I'm not going to say bullshit, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go against something bear said the first two years. I'm sorry. Like there was a, in my opinion, again, this is just mine. There was a clear tension or I'll call like um, some disgruntled folks and vibes in year one and year two. I, that was what I, and I remember us specifically talking about that. Um, maybe it wasn't to the level I remember it, but I, I do remember us kind of talking about that. Now, with that said, the first thing, and you guys already hit on it, I thought the attitude of the folks that were there, um, I thought it was the best like vibe of the three. I thought everybody was good mood. There was no, I don't know, animosity, if you want to call it that, or if you want to call it just the, the overall uh, outlook, vibe, whatever, yep. uh, I thought was the most positive of Agree. The now, lastly, I'll say, and again, I wasn't there the last day to see the, those orders taking, but I'm going to also call, and I remember specifically talking to a few folks that first day, uh, so would have been Saturday, was it Saturday or Sunday, the first, uh, Saturday's show. Saturday. Uh, day. Um, if you remember the last two hours, that place felt like a ghost town. Now, it could have been because it was more spread out. It could have been this, that, and the other, but that first day, 
it was really thin that uh, towards the end of the day. Um, but I will say, and then lastly, I will agree the booth qualities this year, and that was going to be something I mentioned, but since we're already talking about it, I thought people really stepped up their game. And I'll, I don't know if this is a hot take, but <clears throat> I mean, that freaking Atabay, well, the, the United booth is like a freaking cathedral in that thing. I mean, you could like literally think you're going someplace in, I don't know, London, Paris, whatever, and going through that booth. It's so impressive. So cool to look at. I mean, they go to the nines with that booth. So yeah. are you talking about the combination booth United selected? Or are you talking about just selected? Just selected. Okay. Well, United did upgrade their booth this year. It was they a did. lot. They had a better I, upgrade this year. I, I really no, but I I was well. I was going to point that out. Like I think yeah. that like it's it's two different experiences. I mean, and they're doing that's two different. Inten- that's a, yeah, they're two different, two different companies. That's intentional, right. but, but selected, yeah, the selected freaking museum. Yeah, no, it definitely has that. It definitely has that vibe. Um, if, like I, you're absolutely right, Lee. I feel like I'm going through. I feel like I'm going through like you know. The, the the met or something when yeah, i'm the there other, but yeah the other thing about it was and i don't know if it was purposeful or it was just the way that the the booth were set up this year um it felt like in years past like the big brands like the big names quote unquote the olivas and the rocky rocky was in the same location you know um so was uh, oliva and etc were all kind of at the front right they were when you walked in this year, it had more of a, a spread out feel to where some of the bigger names were further back or they weren't in like right at the beginning where you walked in. So and I thought I thought that was a positive because you got flow throughout the the event versus in years past. It seems like two thirds of everybody were at the front and then slowly trickled their way back and, and seeing folks they needed to. But I thought that the 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 layout of where booths were positioned this year was better. And I don't know if it was intentional or if it just ended up being the way it was, but um, I thought that was a positive in terms of traffic and, and where people were congregating and being able to get to the different booths. So that was something else I observed this year that was different yeah. than the first two. Yeah, it was, um, that's a good point you make. You know, the other thing I noticed too about the booths, about the layout of the show, the back of the show, the whole week seemed dead. If you were in the back of the show, I mean, McAuliffe had some activity. They would have wanted booths, I'd say, that in the back. And maybe, I don't know. In AJ, AJ at times had it, too. It just depended. Like well, that was we, bad, I think we that was a bad location. And it was not crowded. Well, day two but, at the but, end of the day. And yeah. Like, so we walked yeah, by true. a couple. We walked by, like, a, yeah. like when you were at the press conference, we walked by. Okay, so that's fair enough, time. yeah. But in general, it seemed like the back traffic was less this year. Uh, maybe that that's what I'm kind of going at. The Like, the back of that show just seemed like it was a tougher place to be this year. Altus yep. was crap, but Altus was moving. Altus was moving. Altus was pretty busy when we were there. So like, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it's not totally accurate, but especially, but day three and four, I think it changed stuff. So. Hey, Coop, <clears throat> you want me to answer your question? You yeah. Asked yeah. So boosts, I think that the boosts this year were just the right size for a majority of people. Agree. Because they they weren't the small, really scaled down, minimalist boosts that we saw the year after COVID, right? Right. But they're also not those massive, monstrosity, grandiose things that were, you know, RTDA boosts, right? Yes. So you know, I mean, some of those were out of control. Really, yeah. really. I think people are complaining about the costs, and I'm sitting here thinking, 
your damn booth your is damn the booth size is... of a freaking Walmart. I mean, well, well, probably scale back. I mean, Perdomo yeah. scale back. He had one of the biggest <clears> booths. Like uh, Aaron probably hasn't seen it, but, but if you go back to 2019, he had the biggest booth at the trade show at one point. But right. he realized well, it was a lot of money to do that. Yeah, but, and I, but I think Perdomo, too, got benefited where their location was. They were on an end aisle, so there was more space, if you will. So it made yeah. it feel a little bigger, too, for them. But you're right. I mean, I wasn't there to see the monstrosities, Perdomo, but. I agree with Ben. I thought the booths were the right size this year. But if you notice, like what Pete did this year at his booth, like Pete, remember two years ago, he basically had a stripped down, like open floor area with chairs yep. and a couple of cabinets. Now I've seen it, and my father did the same thing two years ago. Now you're seeing them kind of start to dress them back up again. Well, uh, it, yeah. it honestly makes them look bigger. Like it, it does. Like it, Pete's booth, like that's why he seems bigger even though i know it's not because i know the floor of floor floor pan but like the way that his booth was designed prior when it was bigger on a bigger space yeah like um it seems like this 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 year was like bigger than than those two years that i saw it and it's in it at its largest yeah i like the open feel he says he likes it too like i I do too i do too and you know we were over at the my father booth and they had some, and we're going to talk about my father a little later, but, you know, they had some high-end products this year. And their booth is not what it was in 2019, but it they displayed it really well. They really, uh, they had nice merchandising, I think, at, at this trade show for their product. So I, I think we're starting to, I, I don't know if, like, Ben, you used the word the RTDA booths. I don't know if we'll ever get back to those levels again. I hope but we it, don't. I hope we don't. I think where we are now is is perfect. I think this is a perfect where we are. I agree. I think a couple booths need bigger. A couple booths need to get bigger in size. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. For one, like the forged, forged, and all this need to be bigger. Yeah, yeah, obviously, but but it needs to be bigger. I agree. Yes, but like the forged one was so damn tiny, compact. But but in fairness, that was not on them. They basically took over the old Alec Bradley space they bought, which would have been plenty big enough for Alec Bradley. But when you take Alec Bradley and shove all the portfolio forge in that one like, spot and then bring all the reps, yeah. that's a tight, tight don't, squeeze. Dude, I was going to say, don't give Justin the pass on this bullshit, dude. It is on them. They could have gotten another space. They didn't have to bring all their reps. They didn't have to do all of that. They did it. It made it work because Victoria was there and she's. The, we all know she's the savior of everything. Yeah. And she made it. She made it work. Thank God she was there. You know, if we had just left it up to Justin, it would have been a disaster. I mean, but let's like, be honest. It only worked because of Victoria. Of course, that's that's right. right. Not, because, not because that's the truth. Listen, I'm all, gonna... all sorry, Coop. Let me make a point. Yeah. But but all all kidding aside, though, like it 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 does need to be larger. And and to Ben's point, yeah, they 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 took advantage. They took advantage of the the investment that technically their company had already made yeah, but yeah. by acquiring Alec Bradley. So it, it made, it made sense logistically to do that um, uh, because they basically it was already paid for. So they were taking advantage of the situation. So I think it was good that here, here's, here's my comeback to uh, Ben's uh, Ben's worst nightmare of RTDF who's coming back guys. Drew state's coming back in March. Drew state doesn't know how to do anything small. If y'all think that Drew state's going to dress down something, I, I would be sh- Shocked. I'd be shocked. It might be smaller than the last time we saw it. It might be smaller than the last time we saw it, but I would be shocked if it was on the level of where we saw like Altidus and Forge this time around. Like I would be, I would be absolutely shocked. I've I've already seen the floor plan. It's it's bigger. Forge's boost is not bigger. I've seen the floor plan for next year already. It's leaked out yet, just so you know, but I've seen it. Um, And the other thing that's interesting is I saw Forge 
is on the floor plan, not STJ. I don't know if that's something that will change, but right now I, I only saw Ford's on the floor plan. And Drew State, I'd say, had probably a booth almost the size of Rocky Patel's, who had, I think, the biggest booth at the show. So it, it, they're going to have a bigger booth than Ford's, I'll tell you that. Yeah, probably, but it's probably not going to have this damn cave built into it with a freaking bridge and a, you know, and a yeah. big sky pass and all kinds of shit like you wonder back in the day. They would. I, do you know what would be really cool? If they had a fucking zip line. I'd be all oh. about that. <laughs> oh, that oh. never happened with the insurance. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I don't know if, if yeah. some of the, well, they, I, I'm, no comment. Yeah. Yeah. Swish your money, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. Hey, <laughs> hey, hold on a minute. We got a clarification in the comments from Jay Davis. He said Alec Bradley had not paid for this booth. SCG decided to take that booth and use it. They could have gone smaller or bigger. Told well, you. they messed up because they should have went bigger. Because that, you, that was crazy. You, you were handing out hall passes, dude. Uh, well, listen, let's, gonna... let me let me caveat that by saying that's what I was informed in the booth. Got it. Got uh, you, before we kind of all beat up on Fords, I'm going to say something. Now we we we've rolled out about one third of the video so far. Like we we we've been we don't want to kill everyone every day, and it, it takes a lot of work to put these booth things out and everything. I'm telling you, the Fords numbers are some of the highest numbers we have of the booth coverage so no, far. No, I well, I think dude, yeah. I think that that. That, that has a lot to do with the content of it, and yeah. I'm, that's not me patting myself. Killing Moose is good. Killing Moose did great numbers. I couldn't believe it. Like, that was really that was a dude. Like, yeah, John did a great job. Yeah, he uh, did. And he he that was a that was that was probably right. that I that was one of my most fun interviews just from a standpoint. Of he like, was a great guy. Like, I loved him. Yeah, yeah, it was really that was like a total surprise. I was like, this is really fucking fascinating, yeah. and I'm in. I'm in. I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in on this brand. Like, this is great. Yeah, but. It, yeah, but I mean, we still have the big interviews coming up, like the Sokka, the Malolo, that's Pete. Yeah. But the, I'm just saying those individual Ford's numbers, it's not combined. The individual interviews are some of the highest rated. One well, it's it's the, again, it's the brands and the personalities. Yeah. That like, again, it's not like I look, let, yeah. let's just strip this all down. All kidding aside and everything like that. Ford's did a great job with the space that they were provided. They with. did. They really they did. did. Yeah. The products that they brought were interesting, fascinating. They had great people talking about stuff. Um, and you know, it was, it, it, dude, it was a fun, it was a fun fucking booth. So like, yeah, I mean, let's just push all the bullshit and joking aside on Justin, stop bragging on him for two seconds. Like it was fun. It was a great experience. I and enjoyed Bob, it. What Forge did it just needs to be bigger. It does. We all love, we all love free samples. You know what Forge did, but it was great. They had like a bin <laughs> on each wall where you could take a sample. Like, yeah. I know granted like on Halloween, you're going to have the kid that takes like the entire bowl. But it seemed like people were pretty respectful. And God, they- dude, you're calling yourself out, aren't you? Jesus. Yeah, I mean they're pretty, you know. And, and, and look, we get no shortage of samples from Victoria. So I mean, we. No, well, of course, I had to mail your stuff back because it was like I had no room not, for it. It's not about that. It's about the way that I thought. Look, it's an extra touch. I thought it was good. Did you did you see Aaron? I re- did you get to see how Victoria yeah, works the yeah, booze? Yeah, that's the first year because. She just is the best in the business at at that model of the different stations, right? And moving you through there, and and really trying to make you not waste your time. And what look, we didn't get to Matt Booth. Like we, she tried, and, and it happened something. And I spoke to Matt, and he's like, "Hey, I'd love to do a Zoom with you guys and talk, like as we did at the trade show." And, and Bear and I did that on uh, a Friday last. So 
it happens. Um, but I thought, she, like I said, she did a really, really good job with that. That's, and I could tell you, Aaron, you don't remember the old uh, General Booze, which were like about three times the size of that. So, which uh, is really hard for her to navigate through because so everyone's good. all in different areas, and she has to find who's available. So great at coordinating and just getting everybody to one one meeting to the next, the next, the next. I mean, it was fantastic. Yep. Yeah. She is. The last thing I want to that would say on Forge and and everything. I, I have to say it was it was comical watching Victoria's facial expressions as Ben and Justin were doing Ben and Justin Duke out session. Like <laughs> she obviously has never been in the same room with you two. And that was that was one of the best fucking moments ever. I saw that though. I was like, I was like, this poor I was like I was like, poor Victoria. She doesn't know what's going on. I said, uh, in a long history. I mean, really. I mean, by this point, everybody should be expected that. You know? <laughs> uh, but one thing I would say about Forge too, there it was packed for a reason, right? I mean, they have they have some some really good quality reps. They're very engaging with yeah. their customer. So when they're back, their customer is going to come to that booth. You know, I mean, that's why we we missed. You know, with like Matt at Room One Hundred One because we first got there, he had a ton of customers he was dealing with. You know, we had to wait a little bit, even though Victoria is like the best. We talked about this at scheduling stuff and getting this move smoothly through to do our interviews with all the, you know, the people for each brand, right? The spokesperson. But even that was hard because there was so many customers there wanting to order the new stuff that Forge was bringing out, which, you know, that's hey, great on them, you know? Yeah. So that's it, it, my, that was my observation. And then about three quarters of the products in that booth were under ten dollars. There was a, there was some products that were higher priced, like the Gloria and the Fine and Rare coming out. But for the most part, they were focusing on ten dollar and under cigars. And uh, I think that's a strong and and some of the like Johnny Tobacco, which I think is right at that ten dollar mark, or just right under it. That, I mean, that's you know a good example of that. You know, I think they did a good job in that space this year and. Charlie Manano commented there wasn't a wow factor cigar with, with Ford's. I agree. There wasn't a wow factor cigar at the Ford's booth. But I think the sum of the parts was pretty damn good they had. Oh, I disagree, man. You already said it, dude. It I wasn't. Think, I, I think that, no, I think the return of Johnny Tobacconot is. I didn't hear, but yeah, okay. It's good, but it, was it, you think it was, you think it had a wow factor? It's the closest thing that did. I agree. Dude, if you fucking smoke that shit. I like, did. It's good. It's good. Well, wait, 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 wait. I, now, I was the one that was the most surprised at how much. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Johnny Tobacco and Cigar a little bit later. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. get to that. But what I, way I take to how Coop is saying it, right, is was it a good stick? Yes. But was there a buzz? I, I didn't I didn't get a buzz. I didn't see the I'll buzz t- around. I didn't see the buzz. I okay, heard more so after the trade show about it. I'll yeah. tell you. So I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why they they fucked up on tobacco knot. That was a sh- that was a surprise. I didn't know that shit was coming. I didn't either. They I didn't, that, that, was that, that was one they should have. That was one they And look, they're the, the they're the they're the they're the kings of fucking marketing on this stuff. They send out all their stuff. They do new releases yeah. all the time. They blow it up. They this story, like the two the two the two things at Forge that I was really really super jazzed about. Um, I 
well, actually, three things. I, I, I don't know why I have, I have this affinity. I know it makes it sound like I'm such a homer with this name behind me, but I have such an affinity for Magic Toast. The fact that they came out with an anniversary. I thought it was. The, I thought it was. was so great. Great. I thought it was great too. I loved it. But, I smoked it. Yeah, and that Johnny Tobacconot and the La Gloria Cubana Cayo Ocho that's coming straight out of LT and the LT Tom de Bronze. Like, what a cool project that shit is. Like, that's awesome. But again, the first time I heard about all three of those cigars was when I walked into the booth that day and I don't like that's, that's an unfair criticism. Like that's an unfair criticism. I think uh, to put onto one person, I know we like to razz him to put on one person or to put on like, like that they've something, something happened there. And I think it's, I think it might've been just the chaos of, Hey, we're, we're going to the show. Like it was kind of last minute organizing that and everything like that. Like, I think they, they've, they are clearly a way better at marketing their stuff there could have been that buzz. So I, I hear you, Ben. I, th- yeah, I, I, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I'll, 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 I'll refine my answer a little bit because like, I think that I, I'm taking, taking Coop's description of it. You're right. There, there wasn't a pre buzz about it, but damn, damn dude, those things are, that's exciting. I haven't smoked the Cayocho. I hope it's freaking money. The, the magic toast was freaking good. And the Johnny tobacco nut, it's like out fucking standing. I don't think we got the coyote, do we? I didn't get the coyote no, either. No, I didn't. Did. I haven't, but no. it, it's it's a more it's a more luxury product because I mean it's melt it's made at El Teton, so you know it's going to be uh, it, it's a higher dollar item. So you know they're not going to have be, samples, a lot of samples of those. Well, yeah. that means Nielsen's only going to buy one box as opposed to two, so it's fine. Yeah, we'll we'll get one. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, I was going to say the flip side though, Altidus, who's the other company, it was back. I think they did have a wow factor cigar. This is where I just return that Monte Cristo Diamante. Everyone who's in the booth wanted to see that cigar. Everyone wanted to try it, and they didn't have enough samples of it. Right? I totally I agree. I agree with. So that I think 100%. that was. Ab- and Jennifer and, and, did a great job with that. Jennifer she did a great, did a great job. Great with, job. I think that was a wow. For, in fact, I didn't have it in my top five because it was it had a pre-release. Like Aaron Nielsen had found it at the Casa de Monte Cristo, so it was already out. But I think there was enough buzz that people had heard it was out, word on the street was out, and they wanted to try it because ev- that's what everyone came into the Altadis booth want. So I think that did have a big buzz that cigar. Yeah, I mean, matter of fact, we no. Go ahead, Aaron. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say you're going to get a buzz after you smoke it because it's it's good, but it's strong. It's a very very good cigar. Yeah, it was stronger than I thought. Raphael gave me the impression it was dialed back, and I thought it was stronger. Yeah, yeah. I don't know dialed back from what the 1935? Hell no, it's not. No, I thought it was much. I thought it was much more robust. Yeah, but I will say though, you're right. That that to me, it had a buzz. Yep. Because remember, I put it in my top five of exciting things I want to get. And we took it out because of a technicality that technically it was released before. Right. So we decided it doesn't technically count. Right. But I had it because to me, I was it was on the very top of my list. It was one yep. of the things I was most looking forward to. Yeah. And, and I think and, yep. what helped drive that buzz is how well received the 1935 was. Yep. Along with the Sonata release just before it. Because yep. that had a big buzz, and it was it's a good damn st- cigar. Yeah, I like Bear and I did the show with Raphael on it. We were really. Did, has anyone smoked the Day Trader yet? No, uh-uh. no. I'm no, really I- interested to hear. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on it. I that 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 that's that's an interesting cigar. I I I really oh god I'm already I'm already kind of teasing it too much. I liked it. I was yeah. really I was really I was like what were. Cause I'm not a big fan of the banker series. I'm just not. Yeah. Um, it just really, it yeah. just didn't hit my palate for whatever reason. The day traders. 
fucking good. Yeah. And I was like, uh, what the I'm hell is this? If, I'm about to see if like my B and B tobacconist gets it in locally here to see if I can get one. Yeah. Well, they didn't give us a sample of that one, did they? No, they they uh, they didn't have a lot of I think they that was one thing they were a little shorter on samples because even with the Diamantes, Raphael, like he wanted to give every all of us one and he just knew he had a finite amount left. And this was because we went there day two, right? And I think they knew they were getting low. And I said to Raphael, I'd already had it. So I let you guys. And then he he said, I'm giving you one anyway. And he gave me one, right? Um, and I yeah. think Neil, Nielsen, I don't know if we sent him one back just because yeah, I think not. we didn't. Yeah, I don't think we did just because I don't think we got an extra. Um, but yeah, it. You're holding back from Aaron this year, dude. Dude, I gave, no, he, you see, I gave him a backpack and everything. I gave him the Fratello backpack I got. I got the backpack with all my cigars in there. I got a lot of Osgoders. <laughs> there was a lot of Osgoders. Yeah. yeah. But, but no, I thought all to this, the, maybe the other thing I'll say is maybe they needed a little more staff there. I think they were a little, because like, I don't think they, I don't think they expected, they didn't, yeah. they weren't going in there with a lot of new products already, but there was a lot of activity in that booth. And, and so I, and I think they had the wow factor to go out with the Monty. So here's, I definitely here's, think they needed more sales staff there. That, yeah. I would, I would totally agree with that. You know, yeah. But I mean, but. Like, Go ahead. I'm sorry, Ben. Fin- no, finish it. Finish it. No, I was going to say, like, I, we we've talked about this. So, I mean, I know some people know this, but when I'm when I'm filming our videos, I can't smoke cigars, right? Because the smoke goes in front of the lens, and it looks like it's it looks like yeah. shit. So I don't smoke. But sometimes I just cannot stop myself. One of them was when Raphael gave me that Diamante. I yep. had to light that up. You know, and it felt it didn't feel dried out because they had them stored they, properly. Yep. And man, wow, that thing was awesome. Yep. I so uh good. I agree. And the other thing in that booth, and Aaron, I don't know if you saw it, right? Um, uh, because you did get pictures for us at the Altus booth, by the way. There was a lot of great pictures we got from you there. But uh, did you see the barbershop? Yeah. yeah. That was they had that, that, that was, was carrier from TV. I thought that was a cool thing they had going on there. It that that was yeah. my point. If they were uh, they were understaffed, right? What what a great experience to wait and keep people in the booth, booth and, 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 and also market around a, 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 a the product, yeah. man. It yeah. was, oh gosh, man. It was freaking brilliant. Yeah, I think that was, uh, like I said, I think they came back. Uh, it, the Altidus booth had shrunk a few years ago, actually, before. Like in 2016, they used to have a massive booth. It definitely has been downsized even before the pandemic this was probably the smallest booth they had uh but i thought it was i thought it was laid out the products were presented nice um and uh you know they uh but you know we we took a little longer to get through that booth um because i guess they were very busy but uh we got through it and i thought we had a great experience there so uh, i think i think they came back but i think they were different than ford's i think ford's went wide and altidus went deep with with a couple of the products Oh, I mean, like, you just got to say, like, all to this for the past, like, I'd say four or five years, man, has just been hitting on all cylinders. They, it's mm-hmm. almost like they can't do wrong. Honestly. This is Raphael. He is, um, because he's kind of come, he is that, that gatekeeper. You know, he's, he's working with the factories. He knows what the factories are doing. And then he has really been in touch, I think, with, with the, what the market is going to be delivering. And he, that's, like I, I think he, and I talked about this with him. I think when he releases something as a Monte Cristo, it feels like a Monte Cristo, you know, so or you know, it feels like an H up. man. I think he is. Mm-hmm. He understands the, the the brand delineation here. I 
I agree and disagree at the same time. What I really like about what Raphael is doing with this is like, and he even mentioned this, we've talked about this. He they're they're the stewards. He sees himself as a steward of these brands. Yep. But he's taking them into a different a different direction without deli- not de- like it's going a little off brand, but not so much in not so much to like say it's like it's freaking off of its rocker, right? Like the the Karenis, you guys know that I have such an affinity for that. That's a very different identity from the St. Louis Ray that we all know. But it's not so off kilter that where it seems like, oh, that's like really out of place. Like the the Trinidad Espiritu series. I mean, I know you guys don't like the cigars. I know I do, but like that. I don't hate them. No, not, I don't hate them. That's don't. not that's not like it's it's yeah. it's off brand, but it's not off kilter. Like Diamante, you know, the 1935, like that. That the 1935 was like holy shit. This this is not a Monte Cristo, but it, it it's but they did such a. It was great a luxury, job It felt like a luxury brand still as well. Yeah, exactly. You were still yeah, getting it. Yeah, yeah. The, they um yeah. The, the, I way was, the way I see it, just what you're saying, like you're he's he understands the legacy and the heritage, but he's also modernizing all those brands as well, right. without sacrificing well, its legacy. Well, Ben, remember ten years ago, and Bear, I don't know if Nielsen remembers it when. They were kind of going down the general route. And I'm not trying to disparage general here. They come out with Romeo instead of Romeo and Julieta. Then yep. they come out with this SLR, right? They, they started trying to like, and I think they went too far, right? So Raphael comes in there. Terrible cigars. So when Raphael comes in there, he goes, okay, you know what? I want to create a Nicaraguan Puro. I'm going to extend the uh, Romeo and Julieta Reserva Real line. And he kind of builds it under that pillar with the classic look. And he's been doing that with all the brands as opposed to trying to do those Romeos, which I think were not a great experiment to do with that. The the reserve, the Nic- reserve Nicaragua was such a brilliant, brilliant. Play. Yeah. So and because a lot of people don't re- there the, the Romeo and Julia original reserva. A lot of people don't realize this. There there is Esli Nicaraguan tobacco in that filler. If you pay attention to that cigar, there's a little bit of spice yep. kick to it. And yes, he it, he, he stair stepped that. In, and you know, made you know, did the Nicaragua, had AJ do it, kept kept, kept branding on like that was that was yeah. brilliant. Yeah. The the point that I wanted to make here, can I wanted to say like a shout out to like again to Victoria, Justin, Raphael, Jennifer, and our buddy Joe Grow at Quality Importance. These larger booths where there's so many products and such de- like such a wide variety of you know, personality right. and different stuff. I have to say like the organization that that group that I just mentioned absolutely is by far hands down giving the best overall booth experience because they, they, first of all, they want you there. Second of all, it's, they, they, they want to get their message out. They, they make it a priority. They have everything organized. They have their messaging. They have their branding. They have everything on point. All three of those were well, so well executed, and like we were real. I mean, let's be honest, guys. We were worried. I know Coop, Coop, and I, you and I talked about this. We were worried about how much time was going to get eaten up in these larger booths with so much product and everything. Yeah, we were there for a while in each of those booths. They were each hour long booth they, visits. Yeah. They were they were so efficiently done that I mean, I just want to give I just want to give kudos to those to those yeah. folks because they were fantastic. Yeah. Jennifer hadn't done it before, right? And you know, so I think Couldn't she was, tell. 
You couldn't tell. Raphael had done it before, but Jennifer was great. And Joe Grow, I mean, I would, you know, look at him. He he's got a lot of like he knows how to do this as well. I mean, back from his Drew State days, and he didn't lose a beat with quality importers. Uh, you know, I got to that booth a little later, and you guys had already moved through most of the stations at that point. Yeah, just just yeah. fantastic. Yeah, you know, I was just mentioning the Rome, the Reserva Real Nicaragua. I mean, Nielsen called that one about this aficionado that year. Remember, he was calling that one. Well, and I think the reason I did, well, I, I had talked to some people in different shops across the country that I knew, and they said that cigar was just flying off the shelves. And once I smoked it, I was like, you know what? It just kind of fit the criteria, and, and it ended up being on the list. I mean, it's a it, yep. You, everything you guys, I mean, that is a, as a go-to for me still, I mean, I still smoke quite a bit of that cigar. It's a fantastic cigar. Yep. Yeah. No, it was, uh, it, I, I, that was on my top 25 a few years ago as well. Um, so it was definitely that one. I remember that one got a little shadow because is uh, that was the year the H Upman, I think came out the, uh, the limited edition that they did, the 175. 175, God, yeah. so freaking good. Yeah. Oh, that's the one cigar that I continue. To, and, and look, I smoke a lot of strong stuff. That one puts me on my ass every time, and I don't know why. It's, but I love it. It's such a good cigar. Yeah. Here, it, here it, it. It, really, it really is. I know we kind of went down the booth route. Do we want to continue going down the booth route, and then we'll go to our top five um, a little yeah, bit? Yeah, might as well. We're yeah, I think, we're doing, I think we kind of so. – yeah. Um, you know, Aaron, I know you did a lot of the day one booze with us, right? Um, yeah. I could tell you that there was a cup. I tell you, um, there were a few booze that we hit. We had a lot of booze on day one. I mean, I don't think we ever had a day one as productive in 13 years. I never had a day one as productive as this year's day one. It, we oh. hit, I, I think we did about, we must've did, I think we did 18 or 19 videos that day. It was like, it was a lot. So on that note though, I mean, we continue to learn every year and I, you know, from taking photos and how we wanted to go about getting candid shots and all that. I mean, that was something that I was looking to do, but one of the reasons we were smart this year and we did like a pod method, right? We stuck in the area and we hit everything versus ping ponging back and forth. Well, last day, last day came it all well, came undone, just you know, but yeah, we started out like that. We started yeah. out like that. Yeah. And we yeah. were able to stay in the area and say, yeah. let's get this one, let's get that one. And it ended up working out. And you know, kudos to Bear too, because you know, look, at the end of the day, I, I say he's got the hardest job. I mean, being able to on the spot, let's go to this one and pulls off a great interview, goes the next one on the spot, pulls off a great interview, kind of, you know, on top of his game it's not premeditated quote unquote, knowing that, Hey, we're going to go this one next. All right. Here's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. A lot of times it was spur of the moment. Hey, we're going to go hit this one next. And it, it, it ended up being very efficient for us to be able to do yeah. that. Day one. Yeah. Ben and bear are a well-oiled machine this year. Let me just tell you, it was just um, from the production quality, just knowing, you know, getting everything laid out. Um, I think Ben, we had two booze maybe where the audio was off and it wasn't terrible. Like we had, I think we did well with that and bear just going into these booths and reading the situation and not doing the cookie cutter interviews. And I think that and I, I talked about that on, on the show last week with bear, like he really went in there and he, he definitely steered the conversation away from rapper buying the filler. And I think these interviews are going to be things people will watch for years to come, which I think is a bit, big, big plus. So especially doing some of those bear in five to seven minutes, you also I think did a really good job at containing those. There's certain booths we do longer. 
like crown heads and stuff and Pete, but you know, I get that, but I think it was really, yeah, really good. Well, like you said, it's a different reading than the situation. No, I, I, I really, um, I, I, I was thinking about this the other day when it, you know, a couple of days ago when it was Ben's birthday and Ben, I was giving a lot of thought to you. I don't mean to bring up too much sentiment in the middle of this, this like fun discussion and everything, but like, you know, Ben, I, I, I love all you guys, but I, I have to say like, I've, I've never, I, it, it's a, I won't say never, but I felt, I've never felt such a deep connection as instantly as I have with like you and Aaron. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I can honestly say this, like you two are like two of my best friends now. And I mean, I haven't known I you say guys for thing. very long. Yep. And, and, but like our Ben and I's chemistry, I think is works, works incredibly well. And the, I was, I was shocked at just how well we started working together right away when we started this two years ago. And I feel like it's only gotten better. I do feel bad from time to time, especially when I'm getting go mode. Cause like when, like when I feel like we're getting behind like day two, we're going to talk about day two in a second, but like, like day one, you said it like we fucking went crazy. And like day two, I think we were like just all like fucking wiped. And like we really slowed down and we're like shit. And I was like, fucking day three. I was like, I was like, let's go. And I was like, I was pull- <laughs> well, I behind that. I was, like, you, pull- you like pulling Ben in like a thousand different directions. I'm like, shit, man, Ben's gonna fucking hate me yeah, by the time day three is over with. And it's like we all want to talk to people, and it's like, yeah, we all I feel the same sentiment towards you guys. I mean, this is like a Barbara Walters moment here. I mean, and we're going to start breaking down on the couch and, and get teary eyed. Yeah. Listen, it was not an easy show for all four of us this year. Everyone had issues either before the show or after the show, or during the show. Um, and Ben, your your flight home was the ultimate nightmare. Oh, Jesus oh, Christ. God man. Almighty. Uh, right, right. I mean, I, I, he left, he left like 18 hours before me and I got home before him. That's how bad it was. Right. Yeah, so, his luggage showed up yesterday, right? His luggage <laughs> shows up like a week later, right? Everyone had to, and, and look, when we formed this team two years ago, it was a shotgun wedding. I mean, because Ben just joined the team only like less than a few weeks before the trade show. Is that three years? 2021 was when we kind of formed the team. This is this our stuff. third, this is our third, third show. show. Yeah, third show. Two years ago, th- third show, right? Um, And we did, I think we did a really good job. But look, I've been very... I'm braggadocious. I think this is the best job we ever did. And I think we had the number one coverage this year. I, I, I really believe that we went to number one this year. I was so like everyone said everyone was busy. They had challenges. And, and I'm telling you, I was so happy with the coverage this year. It, it's nothing, you know, we miss a few booths. It happens, but man, it, it, I was really, I mean, I hope all you guys feel the same way. Cause I think we just all killed it this year as a team. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean- well, Aaron okay. went nutso. Aaron's first day was so important, though, because I it helped me do what, what I'm doing now, which is the what was it? Six hundred fucking photos and yeah, was, yeah, but then it was stuff that like I missed, like at booze, and he had photos of them, which was great. It helped out. Well, then I look, catch out. It's a, it's a, it's it's truly a team effort. And you know what we learn? I mean, we yeah. learn. As each year we learn a little bit from each other. We learn like what works, what doesn't. I mean, it's not like we're lifting and shifting some monumental thing we're going to do differently, but we try to learn from what works, what doesn't. And we kind of know how we work as a team and you can just figure it out year after year. So hopefully, you know, next year is better than, than this year for, and I hope the audience, you know, appreciates, you know, coop your write-ups, the, the video and everything. And I think they do yeah. because, I know at least in the ones I've seen online and even talking to folks at the show, 
we took that different approach. And I know for me as the consumer, because I'm I I take it a different angle a lot of times than you guys do, because your knowledge and the way you look at everything and your experience is far greater than mine. But I look at how I want to to um take a look and 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 absorb coverage and what's That's, gonna be important to me and what right. I as a consumer want, we're spot on, right? I don't want fuck, I don't wrapper binder filler. Like I said, I read about that. The, right, the write-ups could do that. We have the write-ups for that. We don't need to redo it on that. a video, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, like I said to you guys before, I, mean, I read about that and who gives a shit magazine. Like a lot of times I don't give a fuck because guess what? I, I can't remember it. <laughs> I can't remember. I'll, I'll look at it the write-up if I, oh, you know, I'm smoking this. I wonder what kind of tobacco. But I mean, it's cookie cutter if you do that to every. And, and I think the, the folks that we interview appreciate that too. Yeah, they may throw it in as a, a side comment. But they want to go deeper into other areas where, you know, where they're getting questions that other people don't give them. And I think we bring them and the audience that, and I think it comes through. That, want, that worked. That yeah. worked 15 years ago when I kind of was first starting doing this on the video, rapper binder filler, because, I mean, when we did no one was talking, about it. No one was talking day, about it back then, right? Well, there was no coverage. There really wasn't yeah. coverage. You would right. see people would post some pictures. But there wasn't really generally any write-ups, right? The Stugger View, what we did was we went there and we we did we shot the video, and we asked, "When is it coming out? Rapper binder filler? How much is it going to be? Stuff like that." But we didn't have write-ups. We would just have the video and post that on each page, saying, "Hey, it was the Drew Estate booth, the Oliva booth, whatever." It wasn't. We didn't have write-up because we we took so many videos, and we, we didn't have enough time because our thought was back then you had to get it out quick 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 you would lose that that buzz yeah if you, if you took too long back then it was more get it out fast get it out as fast as you can to still keep keep it going with that that wave of enthusiasm from the show people want to know right it's it's a totally different world now so much different and having us would do the video the coop does amazing write-ups is the perfect way to do this yep i, know, I like i said don't i want redundant info no i don't as i said i think we have a i think we found the groove this year with it um and here's the other thing i was amazed about with day one the the names that we interviewed on day one like now our our mantra is we don't want to interfere with business and day one is there's a lot of big customers who come into these booths. OK, they want to get their deals in early. Right. But I just want to rattle off the names we hit on day one. OK, because this was unprecedented. Uh, we hit Nelson Alfonso. We hit George Rico. We hit John Huber, Christian Aroa, Oscar Valadares, Nick Perdomo, all the folks at the um, all the folks at the Ford's booths. Um, Ernesto, per excuse me, Lizette Perez Carrillo, Jason Wood. We tried to get the Nestor. He was he was partying. Um, Manuel Casada, Michael Herklotz. That, my friends, is some star power for the first day. And Rocky Patel. And Rocky Patel on top of that on day one. And we, you know, that is unprecedented. I never had that happen before on a day one. Well, and, you know what helps with that, too, is we got it down really well. So yep. we come in and we do a video. We're not taking up 30 minutes of their time. Right. I mean, we're in and out probably in five or ten minutes. Rocky does the best seven-minute interview out there. There's no question. Yeah. He, he, he can do it, and he's very happy to come over and talk to us, and he gives us the best seven minutes. Yeah, I agree. Hey, Coop, right. did you uh, did you get a – do you have two of those lighters? Because I didn't get mine. No, uh, I'll pink Joe. 
I had mine at the show and I left it at the uh, house because I I had a carry on. I couldn't take it. And uh, I don't have an yeah, I don't have an extra one. I could, but I'm sure I can get it. They ran out of these. I heard at the party too. Yeah, Ben's got mine. Ben's got it. Yeah, I got mine right here too. My pistola. Yeah. Um, I was surprised you're not rocking one of your sun pairs of sunglasses there, Aaron. By the way, uh, (laughs) my wife's like, "Oh, you got some new sunglasses." I'm like, "Well, truth be told." I thought the first pair was lost. It was the fucking bottom of the pool. <laughs> you found them at you because that was when you were packing up to go home and you somehow you went out well, to the pool. I was, no, it was the, it was um I went in the pool the first day when you guys went early yeah. for the um the seminars. I stayed back. I had to do some work and it was hotter than bejesus. So I jumped in the pool and I don't know how I did yeah. So I'm like, wait a minute. And all of a sudden I look, there they are. So Another two hundred fifty dollars later, could have been more, but thanks to Ben and his veteran discount, um, I spent a little less. But now I have two pairs of Ray Bans. He went into the Caesar's Palace shops, uh, the forum shops. Yeah, and uh, and uh, that guy had the coolest name, and now it's escaping me. Oh, man. oh man, I should have taken a picture. That was oh. the Ray Ban store. It was the Ray Ban store we went yeah. into. It. No, it's yeah. Sunglass Hut. Sunglass Hut. Okay, it was a Sunglass Hut. Okay. What was that guy's name? He, dude, coolest name. Oh, blessing. That's what it was. Blessing. 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 The guy's name blessing. was Blessing. Bless, yeah. Blessing hooked us up. Blessing. With yeah. Some Ray Bans. Like, yeah. Dude, and I, I knew these glasses on. were going to, funny, I knew these glasses were going to show up. I mean, I just knew it, right? I'm glad you found them. I'm glad you found them and we didn't have to mail them to you or anything. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, like I said, um, the, uh, some great, some great booze we hit on day one. I think the one miss on day one that I was kind of bummed about was Tim Osgunner, but he was with some very big retailers uh, at the time. So I think it, that wouldn't have been an issue of, I think if we went back there, he would have given us time because he's been really good with us in the past um, with that. So I thought that was, I thought that was pretty good, but we, I got to say, we haven't talked about day three. Yet. It took us to day three to get to the Agonorsa booth. You know, we kept, uh, we kept going there and someone was there every time. <laughs> day three, we got, we got there day three. <laughs> Before we go down that rabbit hole, uh, can I just say that this Atabay is fucking fire? Right? I told you. I told you. Dude. Unbelievable I, I have to ask. Yeah. I mean, I have to ask Oliver, right? I think they may have done a 20-year one as well. I have to ask. I thought someone oh. said that. Holy cow. Holy yeah. cow. I, I mean, That's why wouldn't you put some money. aside for 20 years if you're going to bother for 10 and put a small batch for 20. I, I well, Nelson to... talked about that. He said it was just okay, like, he, he did yeah, say, it. okay. Yeah. There was some inspiration, inspire- like it was just kind of like, like this is like one kind of special thing. It was just yeah. something he, he that, you know, he, he likes so to that, experiment that, guys, an that, artist, that whole line I've got in different sizes. That is one that I will ante up. I mean, it's, it's premium price, right. But, right, it, but it's worth, it's worth the, the money you're going to spend versus other ones that I won't mention that are in that ballpark. Um, Davidoff. literally not worth it. What's that? Davidoff. They're 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 gonna make some headway. I mean, they don't have the production of Davidoff, but certain ones that are um I won't even mention the names other than El Septimo. We didn't yeah, we didn't get a chance to talk to them. Well, well it wasn't from lack of trying. It wasn't from, but in there. fairness, the, the person I was looking our rep, the rep Franklin was busy. 
and the person I was looking for was not there at the time. So I'm not. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I, I agree. I agree. I'm not making excuses, but sometimes things happen at a booth. Is what I'm saying. Look, all I'm saying is for like 15 minutes and nobody said a freaking yeah. word to us. Yeah. All I'm saying is if we stra- we we stroll in that booth in March, man, I'm fucking asking for some cognac. I'm doing it. No shame. Yeah. No shame. No. Yeah. You know. Um. But you remember last year at EP Carrillo that we had a little, we had some challenges. This year there was no problem. So I mean, we really got some good time with them on day one. What a what a special special interview that was. Holy yeah, cow! One of your best. It was one of your best that day, Bear. It was a really good oh, one. Oh wow! Just I mean. Fuck, we didn't even talk about cigars, and it was beautiful. It no, was, you guys, you guys did. I think there was a good job. Well, yeah, a little bit. Oscar yeah. Pro- I think she talked about the Oscar project. Um, yeah, we touched on it. it yeah. Was, yeah. It was by the so way, great. by the way, I know we're going to talk about cigars, but I was impressed with what Oscar had this year. I think Oscar had a very good show this year. I'm I'm anxious to try the cigars outside of Vegas. I bought a Sumatra today, 2012 Sumatra. Uh, uh, um, I, I smoked it. Have you smoked? Have anybody else smoked the 12? Uh, Sumatra? No, I, 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 I'm, I I'm probably going to smoke it on KMA on Saturday because Abe and Alex smoked it last week and they really liked it. I think you guys will like it. I yeah, think Abe and Alex I liked it a lot. It yeah. than, I, I like can't it get it here. So. I, I, could probably pick some up. I could probably here. pick some up down here. There's tons of Oscar stores here. So um, Charlotte's a big Oscar market, so I don't think that will be a problem. I think it's the second best 2012 in that line. My favorite was actually the tailored smoke exclusive in that line, the Churchill they did. Mm, that's that, that, yeah, that was good. Um, so the yeah, no, I thought, like I said, I thought it was a really good day one. Um, and like Listen, I said, I, I could not have done one more damn booth on day one. He was, hey, they, what did we finish? We finished at Perdomo. Was, was, that was one. one we finished at Perdomo. I think that, that day. was one dude. He was going. He was running on fumes. Uh, I was. I, I actually we, felt bad for you, Ben. We all were, I, man. We, we strolled into that Chinese restaurant. We were just like, just yeah. dead. And then we ran into Dan and Amanda from McAuliffe, right? And like, we just wanted to eat. I felt bad. We were like, you know, but like, I think they knew we just wanted to eat <laughs> at that point. Uh, so, yeah, I was, like I said, really happy with, with day one. Um, um, overall, you know, I just, uh, it was great, but you know, um, day two, I think, like you said, Barrett slowed down a bit, a bit. Um, but we had some good moments. We had some good moments. I think I want to talk about the my father boost on day two. I I said this to Pete last night on the show. The boost that I thought the media missed was the my father boost this year. I only saw about three or four people cover that boost this year. Um, it wasn't the it was Matt Tobacco, Bob the Cigar Guy, us and Half Wheel. I think we're the only. If someone else covered it, let me know. But that was a very impressive boost I saw this year with them, and I thought the products were. I think they had the most intrigue. Like if I had known about this product maybe before the trade show, I might have put it on my list. But that La Union product, the Union, it's not Union, it's Union. Um, yeah. La Union. La Union. Uh, is. It's it's a Fuente, it's Fuente Padron essentially is kind of what the model is like. They, and Pete was a hitting Pete hinted this to Loomis and I last year that this was coming. It was it was hinted in our interview with Pete last year. That's what it was. It was I, the interview. I, yeah. I want to talk about that booth specifically, Coop. I I have to I have to ask this question. How how special was it for you to be able to hand out your award to the entire family? 
I didn't think that was going to happen. Um, they normally are very quiet and they don't speak English. So I don't think it's, I don't think it's that they're anti-social. I think they just don't speak English, but they got them all out there. Jose Ortega came out there and did the translating. It was, it was beautiful. I mean, um, I, I want to say Jaime and Don Pepin have recognized us, but they don't really know us. But it was very special that they all came out for that. And it was uh, I was honored to, to, to have that opportunity to present that fact because they had a great year last year. There's no question as a factor. Well, that was it, it wasn't close. It wasn't close. Such a great that. moment. Yeah, I will say this. And I've told you all this before. When I'm filming, I'm kind of not paying attention to content, what you're saying. Because I'm trying to make sure everything sure. is framed nope. yep. correctly. Yep. I'm watching audio levels and all that. So I'm not really hearing the words, right? So I remember when I'm filming that and and the whole family came out, I, I will absolutely never forget this moment, man. Because like I was like, I remember filming, I was like, holy shit, they're all they all came out. I, and then yeah. and when mm-hmm. you handed the award to Don Pepin. There was an absolute genuine gratitude and thank you on his look on his face. Like, yeah. like wow. it really meant something. Like you had an even Oscar. That's the way it looked like. So like he was like, Oh, my Oscar. I didn't expect like, that. I didn't expect I didn't that. Yeah. I was like, wow. I was like, I was I was just it was blown away. It was so, to me, it was the yeah. the moment of the trade show for me. Yeah. It, it was so it special. Was, it was I you know, when I went back and watched it. And the, my father, I think, is going up tomorrow, uh, by the way. That should be posted, I think, tomorrow. It's scheduled because um, I finished the write-ups on that. Um, yeah, it was – I didn't expect it. Uh, like I said, they just tend to be – because of the language barrier, it's not something you're going to go sit and hang out and have a smoke with them. But they came out, and they were genuinely uh, enthusiastic about it. They brought the whole crew out. They could have just brought one – they could have brought Jaime. They, the whole crew came out. Uh, and Jose Ortega has always been great to me personally. I've known him for since he's been there, um, and and Joseph, uh, who I met him down on the factory tour years ago, and I, that's how, who's been our go-to guy when we go to the booth. I, I was just shocked yeah. that, that that this was missed by so many, and I'm I'm saying this aficionado didn't even talk about the uh, the Tatawai My Father project. Aficionado me, didn't even talk about it. Yeah, to me, y- that Yosef, was more special to me because you know why that one actually exists. Exists, and Pete really time. look. Let me tell you, Pete worked on that hard. This was not like he because it was funny because I had a couple of things wrong in the original article and Pete was messaging me from Corsica. He's like, and he felt bad. He was correcting me. I said, Pete, give me what it is because uh, it, it was a little confusing. Right. And, you know, you're trying to take notes and as you're doing this. But no, he I'm telling you, Pete really went into that and took that as, as a very serious project. Um, I think was, they're I think they're special in two different reasons. Like yeah. uh, the the availability aside, like I think that's a different discussion point. Right. Like. Like the Padron Fuente project is special because it's a celebration of, of fathers. It's about legacy. It's about tradition. It's about heritage. It's about it's it's about fortitude and grit. There, it, it's it's a it's a poem. You know, it's a sonnet to the industry. And I don't want to make it sound less gravitas when I talk about Pete and 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 Pepin, but that's a that is a celebration of one family and that is a that is a partnership of of a family celebration of true collaborate that is a celebration of true collaboration 20 years together everything no yeah. delineation no deviation like 
it, it's it, it's this kind of like almost this running joke with me and Pete now. Whenever I give him a compliment, like I know the next thing that's coming, he's like, "Well, you know, I have to say, you know, I have to say that Pepin and Jaime." Like it's like it's and it it's not that's not lip service. Like Pete's not Pete's no, not fucking he, around. He, like he yeah. the the genuine gratitude and that he has for the opportunity that his family now has given him and what yep. they've done together. Yep, is. It, it, it it's unparalleled like we're i don't know if we'll ever see a partnership as successful and as deep as that one and so that years, i think 20 yeah, years it's been together these guys i think they're two different i think they're it's a very similar project yes but i think it's two completely different stories at least that's my appreciation yeah. for it that's what yeah. that's the way i kind of look at it yeah you know, the one thing that really impressed me in the booth, and actually, I don't know why it didn't make it into the video, and I think it was just there was so much going on in the Mike Falder booth, was the Vegas Cubanas rebrand, the Don Pepin green label, which I thought looked spectacular. They're all wearing the green shirts, right? Um, and I thought that was a beautiful rebrand. And, and Pete told us last night um, that that actually was uh, a sales rep came up with the idea for that, to rebrand yeah. that. Uh, and they went with it, and it was a beautiful. I've always loved Vegas Cubanas. Um, it's always been one of my favorite cigars from them. So, Love and it's it. not changing; so it's just getting repackaged and rebranded. And I think it's a um, green was a big color this year at the trade show. I mean, there were a lot of green cigars, green colored cigars, not green green colored bands, green colored bands. Let's say, not Candela. Here's a here's a here's a question. Uh, we talk a lot about packaging and branding and things like that. Is my father, the most underrated branding in the industry. Are yes. they? Are they? Yeah. Okay. So you, okay. So. I agree. I think I came out of that out of that booth and I thought that there. But there I'm, talking, no, I'm talking about like there, body of work, like oh, like like looking back, like like the my father like logo now is so like ingrained in us. We've seen it on the shelf for over you know for over two decades now. Yeah. It's like this. It, it's a standard. But like I thought, looked back on it, like especially like some of the projects that we saw today, like saw this year, like La Union and things like that. Like, like we, you know, uh, Aaron talked about like walking into the selected, being like a museum. It wasn't quite at that level, but it's, it was, it was, it really kind of was. Like I felt like I felt uh, like it was like the kind booth of wasn't quite as elaborate, but the products, the way they were, the products, the way the products. products were in the cases really was laid out well well lighted um it, it just really it presented well and i came out of that and i'm saying you know they didn't have a big regular production release it was a lot of limiteds that they brought but there were very, that don pepin uh 20th anniversary humidor looked amazing um and there's different cigars, and then they have the regular don pepin 20th anniversary which is going to be in the box that they came out with um i thought they like i said i just think they really um they nailed they they nailed it and i i kind of look at my my father as a luxury i mean they have some in, more inexpensive cigars like the jaime garcia's and the vegas cubanas but in my opinion they really came out and showed that you know i always look at fuente it's like you know i'd put fuente at that that top level but i, I mean my father's approaching that right now they're in the same i think they're in the same conversation like when you talk about like everyone talks about like Puente Padron and for, for right reason, right. That's like, that's not overhype. It's not, you know, it's, it's not, it's not bullshit. But Padron doesn't have the but, over the top packaging though. 
No, I'm talking. Yeah, but yeah. I, I'm talking about I'm talking about importance to the industry. Yeah, like, yeah. That that yeah. I that like the I the icon what we would call the, the the iconic family the iconic stat like like I throw Placencia in there too like but which is which is a real big which is a pretty big boon to Placencia Placencia was always like the name behind cigars and so they put they put their name out there a few years ago um but like that those four families it's like yeah like everyone talks about Fuente Padron but I'm like you can throw you can throw Garcia in there you can have like my father is is in that is in that vein in that conversation and Placencia is too yep um, I know. but I think my father what they're doing is you know they've acquired a lot of these old Cuban brands you know the trademarks for them and they've they I think they're doing a nice job at like bringing a piece of history into some of these things too um you know like Cloud Palencia is an old Cuban brand I think the judge was an old Cuban, these are old brands. You know, obviously they got Fonseca now, and it makes. And I don't understand why they got Fonseca. It kind of fits into this story that they're that they're doing here. Um, it's such it, a shame that La Antigua Dot doesn't do better. That's a good cigar. It's, it's, a, a, ki- it's a killer label. Yeah, yeah. I think it gets overshadowed by Florida Santia. So, I totally agree. Yeah. No, I don't. I said I think that was a very very impressive boost. Um, we did Espinosa on day two. And I want to just talk a little about Espinosa before day two, because I saw Juan's in here. Um, Aaron, Wait, Aaron can we, you can we talk about Espinosa because we never mention them, right? We don't ever talk about Espinosa. We don't ever talk about Espinosa. They leave them. We leave them off lists and stuff. Yeah. 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 So, I think the a theme, okay, that they had this year was Guy Fieri was back at the trade show, but this yeah. year. It's kind of like they shared Guy Fieri with the rest of the industry this year. He was at the opening party. I know there was a long line to go see him, right? And then I thought the really cool thing they did on day one, Aaron, you may have seen this, was was the walkthrough of the trade show that that guy, that guy did. And they had an entourage around him. And that's what Juan, Juan Cancel was doing security detail, actually, for this. And um, I think that was a – I just – I caught I, – I tried to get a picture – there was such a crowd around Guy at all these booths. I could get a picture with Guy in the picture. But they, I mean, I saw him over at the Ocho Cinco booths. I saw him in a lot of different – he was over at Chaz Palmateri, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit. I mean, he was – and I thought that was a great thing that Espinosa did this year. Like, okay, he's our guy, but you know what? We're going to share him. And, and, and Guy got to walk the trade show for which he didn't really get a chance to do last year. And I think that was a, a good thing they did. I think that was a big thing that they did. And it made, I think, Guy more part of the industry as a result of that. Well, that's what they're going for. I do. They're doing such a good job with this because I gotta say, like, yeah. they they were screaming from every fucking rooftop that they could about how Knuckle Sandwich is not a celebrity cigar because that stigma is so rich. You could fucking drizzle that shit over pancakes, man. There have been people who have done it. It's missed. It's it's been a miss almost one hundred percent of the time. And they were shouting that shit from the rooftops last year. No, no, he's here to stay. Like he's going to do that. This is like, yeah. And like, and look, there was skepticism all over the place, including the four people on this panel. Like, the time will tell. That's and so they took it up a notch this year by doing exactly what you're talking about, Coop. It could not have been handled better from a from a uh, from a from a marketing standpoint, from a message standpoint. Um, I really got to give hats off to Guy, Eric, and 
to be able to, 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 to take that feedback. Cause you know, they heard it and to take that next step with it. Like, yeah. I really, really, th- I really I, think they heard it. Yep. And I really think they acted on it, which like, frankly, like there are, there are companies in this industry that hear the hear good feedback and never do a fucking thing with it. And I think they did hear it and I think they acted on it. It's clear that the, the, I think it's absolutely evident and clear that they did. Well, and things, I couldn't yeah. plot it more. Two I think things, it was great. Two, well, I think two things about that. And I agree. Um, two things about that. Number one, the cigar ha- stands up on its own merit, right? So if you look at some of the other celebrity cigars, they're at all. The, the, the knuckle sandwich i mean that fucking connecticut i smoke all the time i mean it's it's my favorite of that line mine like too maduro so the cigar itself stands up on its own merit number two the the cigar aficionado him on the cover couldn't happen at a better time right so now you're 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 presenting him to the industry but also presenting him not only yeah. in person say we want aficionado yes they did a good job the, of timing that as well him yeah on the on the cover around at the time of the pca really yeah. helped too so i mean that was i think i was good for them yeah it was on it was that yeah. regard too yeah i i agree with you on that um and you know like i said i think um like i said i, I thought it was a good i thought it was a good show for espinoza this year i just thought um you know it uh like i said they I, he was in the booth a few times i don't want to say he wasn't in the booth but they actually had a they also had a private. They, I think they this year they made it a lot better. They designed the booth with a private area, um, for him, uh, which I think he does need that. I think Eric and him did need that. I know yeah. we went over to that private you area. To. Yeah, we had he had to. It was, it was, it was absolutely the right thing. And I think Espinosa they had a nice booth layout. Um, they they seem to change their booth every year. Espinosa a lot. Um, they, but they had to. The products were well laid out again. And, uh, you know, I think they had some, uh, you know, I think the says provincias, which is, by the way, money, by the way, it says provincias is total money right now. They did have I, one miss, though. They did have one miss. They're, they did not make Guy Fieri available to us to interview. We, 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 yeah, they didn't. And, and we have now put that request in, by the way, just so you know. I don't know if we'll get it, but at least we said we do want to interview him. I don't think he did a lot of interviews this year. In fairness, I think he did do aficionado. I understand that they would do. They were trying to time the cover thing with that. Yeah, I, that I get sense. it. Um, I think the dojo guys got according to Hector. The dojo guys happened to do their thing when he was in the private area with Eric, and they they did. Get, but they didn't really interview him. From what I, I was going to say, it was like more like a Q and A or meet and greet. It, it was more like uh, the TikTok video they used it for, which uh, or Instagram reel. So it wasn't. I don't think they had a conversation with him. Like I would have really liked to sit down and have. You know, bear drive an interview with that. They didn't even ask about eggs. They don't know. Yeah, because they don't know. Well, they were. They, well, no, know, they were busy. They were busy. But in fairness, the, the the dojo guys were busy at the Agonorsa booth. So, um, you know, I'm sure. Fucking <laughs> shots fired. I'm sorry. I, I, like, I don't. That's I don't wanna, that. Terrence denied I, that to me. By the way, I'm like, dude, he was there for. We need to get you until day three for a reason. I don't want to. I don't want to put this guy on like the level of like. Guy Fieri or Chess Parliamentary, but I, I have to say one of my biggest misses is, is I saw him a few times and I, I, I was kicking myself for not like introducing myself and possibly like positioning for an interview. Um, Michael Cutlets was just fucking walking around, like just wait, wait. strolling around. M- Michael who? 
Michael Cutlets. He's a he's a he's a he's a character actor. He's been in like. Okay, trust I me, know. You, I know you're not a film guy. Could, I don't even know who he is. Guy. That's why I like. You've seen this guy. He so I mean he's been in a ton of TV shows, a ton of movies, and he's just fucking strolling around. So his his uh, his tie to the industry is he is a controlling partner in the Red Phone Booth uh, cigar lounges that are popping up. There's one in Atlanta. There's and, one in yeah, Dallas. Yeah, I've been there. It's good. Plano. Good, good. Yep. Yep. I know. Re- really cool spot. So he's a controlling partner in that venture. Um, and like, look him up. Juan Cancel's listening. He's like, who Michael Cutlets? Who? Look him up, dude. IMDB. Like it's Cutlets. C-U-D-L-I-T-Z. No, he's and he, like, I don't want to put him on that, that echelon of like Chaz Palminteri and, and Guy Fieri. But like the, I was just like, the dude's just fucking strolling yeah. around. Like it's yeah. crazy. I was like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I have, you, you know, dude, don't you don't mess with Juan Cancel, by the way, on security duty. He was 100 percent focused. I'm going to say this. It's, it's, he he had a job that he did great. Um, and then, you know, once Guy was over, we had the fun loving Juan after that. So uh, but no, he was I mean, I actually went up to him to see if I can get get over to the uh, I was trying to get into the at the party. Right. And, you know, Juan's like, OK, man, I got to just do my job. And I was respectful of that. Yeah, He's like, no, no problem, Juan. Yeah. Do you do what you need to do here? You know? Um, you know, he, you know, Juan did a good job with that. So, uh, it was a good job bringing Juan in for security for guy. He did a, a very professional job. Yeah. Well, man, it's, that's, that's his, uh, that's his background, you know? His, uh, yeah. Well, you know, in fairness, a guy, look, we were talking about Matt Booth before, right? Matt Booth, need, when he, he left the he booth, needs go, people. <laughs> when you, these guys can't walk to the bathroom. I'm telling you when Saka and these guys, they can't walk to the bathroom without getting mugged. I, I walked that's with, what happened with Matt. That's what happened with Matt. Yeah. I walked with Ben, um, Ben, I walked with Matt to the bathroom last year and I know he's like, he's like, Hey dude, I got a secret passageway. No one like hardly, <laughs> I remember we that. went, we went behind booths and we <laughs> fucking still got stopped seven times. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was these guys. And I feel for these guys. Um, I do. So, I, you know, sometimes like if Matt was away at the booth, like I, this wasn't Matt. Like, I don't think this was Matt. I think it's the problem is Matt is a name that everyone wants to stop and talk to. So I, I totally understood that. Uh, but no, it was good. It was good at the Espinosa. It was the other booth I want to mention. We talked about this a little last week, Bear. Um, Aaron, you weren't there. But um, Ben, I don't know if you noticed. There was only one interview that Lito Gomez did at the trade show this year. I was told from John Carney. And it was with us. Well, I mean, that's how it should be. I mean, let's be well, I, absolutely. I mean, but that was, you know, because I was talking to Carney and I like talking to Carney, too. He's a great interview as well. And I, I felt bad we didn't get to talk. He says, look, you guys got the interview with Lito. He's like, um, he goes, you, you know, Lito likes you guys. You got there at a good time. You came for your uh, time and appointment. We made an appointment, too, which I think, um, Helped at that booze. And uh, that was a, we had Tony, this year we had Tony in the interview. Um, last year we had Lito Jr. in the interview. So, um, actually, we had both of them last year, but it was, but Bear didn't mention, so here's the interesting Bear didn't even talk about the new product with Lito in this booze, right? It was, that interview wasn't about that, right? In fact, afterwards, I had gotten some notes and I had to call Carney to make sure I had the correct stuff, right? Because you normally I go back to the video and watch it, right? It wasn't in the video, so I had to I had to message Carney, and I, I it turned out I had everything pretty much correct on that. So, but yeah, that was uh if you, and that interview should be coming up. I think I think I'm gonna have this up this week as well. That was a uh, I think we did about 20 minutes with him, 20 25 minutes. It was a longer yeah. interview, but it was a great interview, and we had the only one guys Lido this year at the trade show. Yeah, it was like it, that might have been or 23 minutes, I think. Yeah, that might have been that might have been the best interview I did. Yeah, it because again, it, it wasn't a. 
it was not a uh, trade show like Here, uh, here's what we have coming out. It really didn't come around that. So that was the one too that I was filming. That was I was I like I I got set everything. I checked the checked the mic level. Everything looked good, and I was trying to like pay attention. But where I had to film, they had this massive display case right where I had to stand. I know. And then chairs in front and then where y'all were set out. And to get everybody in frame, I had to get back a little bit. Albus basically had to lean over on the side of that that case and to hold the camera correctly. But I was a little bit too far back, so I could not hear a damn word. Nutty, y'all were saying. I was like, Son of a bitch. I was because I was like, but the I mics really were great. The mics were great. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. So I was like, screw it. I just watch it when we yeah, get back yeah. and stuff. But yeah, and a lot of times I'm like I'm learning not to get in the booth videos. I learn a lot less than you did good this year, bro. You did good this I'm year. I'm trying, but but there's another time I have to also be the uh the wingman, right? Or Nielsen and I have been wingmen where we have to kind of while the interview's going on, make sure someone just doesn't walk up to these guys. Um, you know, try, yeah, sometimes if it's a rep, it's some, something, sometimes something urgent's come up. I get it. But in general, we have to be a little, so I had to be the wingman. And I know Ben, it seemed like the, it's the same boost, but something was different in that boost the way it was laid out this year. I couldn't put my finger on it. What, the, L, the LFT booth? Yeah. I don't know if I, the cabinets were different. Something was laid out different in that booth this year. I thought it was about the same. It seemed like the seating area where y'all were at was bigger. That, that may have been too. Yeah. But that, I, you know was. what, though, I will have to say though that we're kind of getting off the Laboose part. But but overall, I found that many, many, many people could have walked right in front. But when they saw us, they were super respectful, like, and it would put their keep their voices down, even though we had the mic, so it's not a big deal anymore, like yep. it used to be. But people would move away when they had to talk. Reps were like, "Oh, they're well, well, they're talking to their customers." They'll be like, "Oh." We'll come back to this in a minute. Let's walk over here and show you this. Yeah, they were really. It was really good. Customers were the same way. Absolutely. I, I commented on it at the bear last week. I thought we didn't get as interrupted this year as much. I mean, it used to be yeah. bad. We had one incident where a rep walked right in front of our shot, and, and she knew we were filming. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still highly pissed about that. Yeah. But other than that, it was fantastic. It was really, really good. You know, people, and you know, I just saw a lot of people taking pictures of us interviewing these people too, you know, which was kind of cool, you know, but yeah, it, it turned out really well that it went very smooth, you know, and, you know, in some booths, the, the appointments are, I mean, you got to have them. They are super important. Right. Some, it's easier just to stop by. You know? Yeah. Carney hinted to me, make the appointment is what he had told me. Yeah. Because he, he doesn't, like he said, look, make the appointment and I know I could get you the time you need. Uh, and he gets it on the calendar. He does. We've done that the last few years with him and it's work. I used to not do that. And we we'd always end up kind of messing that up. So he's one that he doesn't put out a public call for the appointments, but he has told me make the appointment. Yeah, so, he has never failed us. Never. He's never failed. Yeah, he's been a great uh, supporter of this show. Yeah. Um, as well. So I felt like I felt bad. Um, and uh, you know the the LG product. I'm pretty excited about that. By the way, uh, that that's coming back. So I think that was cool. That was always been one of my favorites. Yeah. That line. Yeah. No, I agree. Aaron, did you get over to Don Doroteo at all? Uh well, I've smoked it since. Okay. <laughs> but in terms of the booth, I don't remember. Um, we, I, 
you might not have, right? And I, you, boy, you hit a lot of bullets. The only thing I'm asking is because that, I think, was one of, on day two. That was one of the surprise boos I thought uh, at the show. Uh, it was a nice booze. Uh, Juan Lugo was a great. We got we got time with Juan Lugo. Uh, we all needed a break. We all needed a break. We went right after. We went right from the floor to Don Doroteo. and uh, that I think we needed a break at that point, right? So we, that was kind of one where we did kick back a little with Juan for about fifteen minutes, and that was a nice booze. I mean, I just thought the booze was really well designed. Well, yeah, I think. Go, go ahead, Ben. Um, no, I was I was going to say really quick. That was the biggest surprise of the show for me. Yes, I, I really didn't know hardly anything about them. I didn't know what to expect. You know, we got there. Garrett Garrett Robinson took really good care of us. He, I mean, he was on point. Really was. And he was busy. And he was busy. Yeah, he was busy. Yes. He he would. It was like almost he was working with two hands, right? Yep. Dealing with a customer while also helping yep. with us. It yep. was like it was crazy. But if man, when we got there. It was like we got VIP treatment the whole time. Yeah. And it was, we, we, but we weren't, we didn't stay too long. I mean, we were there, did our business, had a little bit of social time and it got everything we needed. And yeah. that booth was really nice. It was yeah. a really, it was one of the top looking booths I thought of the show. That, that's what I thought too. Um, and they had that little miniature farm they had set up, like at the back, a miniature at the no. back. And it, that's what I was going to say is like hats off. So I think Don Doroteo was a fantastic example. We were talking, we were talking about Caldwell earlier about minimalist. Right. Don Doroteo was the absolute best at, at minimalist. Yep. Like they brought, this is a company that's got two cigars. This yep. is a company that's new. new yeah. They Garrett, had a limited. That, due to, yeah. Yeah. Garrett's due to his position. Like yeah. they're, they, they could, it, like they could have been discombobulated, disorganized, and it it like I feel like we would have given them a pass. Like I feel like it would have been like fine. Oh, okay. Hey, let's 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 do this. But no, like hats off to them, man. It was an experience. They had an, they had they they created something that drew people in, and um and that that to me was absolutely brilliant. So hats off to Garrett and and uh yeah that team like holy shit man like it it was fun like the pipe we were smoking the i'm doing tobacco in the in the pipe like who the fuck does that they did like that was cool like it was a great experience um yeah i was sitting there that was the one booth i wish nielsen was there with us with that one and and i'm really i really do want to try these new cigars i have um i'm excited to try them it was, um, you know, the other thing that I thought, Bear, and I, I want to mention this to you, you know, Bear, you're all about like, you know, you you have the take, okay? That's that's you know, also from our takes. I thought what they did at that booth, Don Dorteo, is they tried to bring, and, and Juan said this in the interview, I think too, they they tried to bring a little bit of the Dominican Republic culture into that booth. Yes, and I think they did again. They didn't go a lot. You know what that booth reminded me? Reminded me of like a soccer booth. That's what it kind of reminded me. It was that type of booze. Thousand percent. Yeah, it was that type of booze. But you know, they they had they brought out that rum, that rum they brought out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's some. It's not exactly rum. It's, it's, a, some, it's, it's a, like a cocktail. It's a thing. Dominican cocktail. It's a Dominican was... cocktail. It was in a rum bottle or something. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking good. Yeah. Holy they, cow. Those little those little things like, I just thought, and it was just, it was a clean booze. I think the presentation of the products looked nice in that salt of the earth that's coming out. So I, I, uh, 
I got to get my hats off. I, I didn't expect that at Don Doroteo. I mean, we we just literally rolled over there after LaFleur. And I think, Bear, this is where we started to slow down because we spent a lot of time at LaFleur. Then we we did this rest time at a kind of Don Doroteo, but it was very valuable rest time. I didn't feel like we wasted like 15. I felt like we got the most out of all that time there at the booth. No, I loved it because I was actually, <laughs> it's like when we film and, you, and like our viewers, when you see, you know, Bear sitting down with somebody or Bear and Coop sitting down interviewing somebody. I'm still standing up. I was going to say, still, you're not. So I'm still, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we, when we get to somewhere like Don Norteo and like the Ashton booth, when I can actually sit down to and film, dude, it's like, oh my God, this is like paradise yeah. for a second. Yeah. You know? But yeah. what, I, what I wanted to say, one thing I wanted to say about their booth, the last thing I'm going to say about it, but was it was something that Bear, Bear brought up too. With, this was their second show, correct? Yeah. Yeah. You we would never have known that. You would never have known this was their second show. Right. They pulled everything off like freaking seasoned veterans. They did. And saying. Juan's newer to the industry. He's not a guy who's been doing trade shows for long. Maybe he has another industry, I should say, but he's new to the cigar industry trade. And you like you would think that this is a company that's been there eight or nine years with the with the organization that they had that that was very well organized at booze. And they were busy. Like I said, there was activity going on behind us. It wasn't like, the, and Juan gave us, Juan, we had to wait a couple minutes. Garrett hosted us for a little bit till Juan was done. And then Juan came over and he gave us some time too. So. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've had to move on. I'm just, I lit up a, uh, a Hooten Young 2020. Yeah. I'm going to move on to my Esteban next. Uh, but I love, I'm loving this, um, this Seis Provincias. Uh, who yeah. says Espinosa can't do a Corojo? Aaron, you taking a break? Oh no, I'm getting ready to light up here. I, I don't know if we are taking a break, so that's why I was getting ready to. We're we're two hours yeah. in, so I've yeah. used the restroom at some point. And I'm gonna light. Go ahead. Up. You know, um, what I think we'll do is, if you need the bio break, um, we could. Bear, do you want to do? We'll do your. Uh, we'll do the American history segment. Sure, rock it. All right. So we have. Uh, we have now re retooled the president's. Uh, the presidential trivia segment to American history. Um, I think that Bear is the historian on this show, and he is in 23 times we have um we have done presidential trivia. Bear got 21 of the 23 right, and he capped it off on that last show. Ben, I put together an immaculate grid for him in presidential trivia, and Bear steamrolled through it. <laughs> so yeah, he did he did a very good job with that. So. All right, Bear, your question tonight, if uh, if you so choose to answer it. And I, we're going to go to American history, so we're going to widen this out a bit, okay? And we're going to talk about states in the union, okay? And I want to know the first state of the union, which was admitted to the union, that the entire state fell in the mountain time zone. And it has to be mountain time zone, not like where you don't do daylight savings time, not where part of your state is in there. The entire state is in the mountain time zone. I want to know the first state that, that was in the mountain time zone to join well, the union. Well, if we're talking about daylight savings time, that automatically kicks out Arizona because the Navajo Nation observes daylight savings time while Arizona, state of Arizona does. Right, but Arizona is, we know Arizona, it's not Arizona. Yeah, know, I was like going to say, well, you, well you, just, you just basically eliminated one for me, so that was good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think it's an easy one. I think it's an easy one. I wanted to just see how we could go into this. So just to clarify, so okay, well, we're talking about mountain time zones, so that 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 
clarifies my answer because I said when you say union, I want to make sure that we're talking about all fifty. We're talking about all all fifty. Yes, not, not continental forty eight. Okay, um, but we're talking about mountain time zones. So we're talking about the mountain day. time zone. Yeah, yeah. and right. it's, it's it's whether it's standard time or daylight savings time. It's always in the mountain time zone. Got it. Um, so, well, yeah, it is pretty easy. I have some really cool trivia about the mountain time zone, by the way. Um, I, I'm so, sure you do. So it, it's uh, the answer. Um, uh, 18, um, 1870, 1876, 1876. It's 1876. Yep. 1876, Colorado. Yep. And by the way, Sam, Sam Fennell got it right as well in the chat. Yes, it's Colorado. Oh, nice. Good yep. job, Sam. Fantastic. Yep. Yeah, it was, yeah, Colorado. Yep. So, um, what's interesting about the mountain time zone, there were more states. By, by by 1900, there are more states admitted to the Union in Pacific time than there were in Mountain time. Yeah, they kind of kind of pushed yeah. back east. Yeah, they kind of pushed yeah. east. You had Cal- yeah, yeah, you had California in 1850, I believe. Uh, Nevada comes in uh, during the Civil War. Like it was like 1863, 1864, October yeah. of one of those years. Nevada was er- like pe- Nevada was much earlier than people might think. Yeah, Nevada was yeah. before Colorado. Yeah. It was uh, the union, the, the union, then too when it came in. Right, right. Uh, yep. Oregon, Oregon obviously came in too uh, just before the Civil War. Uh, Civil War. It was uh, 1859. So you had Oregon, California, Nevada, um, and then that were Pacific time before before everything else. Um, uh, but uh, like. Um, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, pretty easy answer. It's, it's Colorado was the first in the mountain time zone. So it was Colorado, yep. It was Colorado, um, yep. A lot of people don't realize is that like Texas, um, Texas is actually in two time zones. So yeah, Texas. Well, you you're you're from the part of Texas. That's I'm the mountain time. It's mountain time. Yeah, I'm yeah. from El Paso, Texas. So we're in mountain time zone. Uh, I live in the other part of the state now, so I'm in central time zone. So I've 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 born and raised in Texas. Uh, I've lived Texas my entire life. But um, been part of two time zones. Uh, well, so. let, me, let me ask a question on that. Why did El Paso end up staying in the mountain time zone? Was it because of its proximity to New Mexico? It's what, the, was, what was the reason for that? It's the it's the the longitude lines, man. That's how it, that's what time zones are separated. So it's just too, so far west that they had to do yeah. it because of the daylight. OK. Yeah, same thing with like Idaho straddles two times yeah. as they're Pacific and Mountain. Yeah, because it's just we would- the way it is. It's not, it, you would like. I mean, it does have to do with the fact that Texas is so fucking huge, but it it it, it doesn't at the same time. Like it it, it like Idaho is a smaller state, um, and they they it straddles two time zones too. Yeah, and I know Kansas. Um, I know like Kansas out in the east. Actually, Tennessee is a two time zone state. That's yes. the, and Florida. Those are the two in the east that we have. The Florida <laughs> trivia one is fucking hilarious. And people like, how is like Florida? There's part of the Florida and Central Time Zone. I'm like, yeah, the Panhandle. You're you're out in the western part of Alabama actually when you get to to Pensacola. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, so yeah, that was uh, this week's American history segment. Um, like I said, we'll we'll ramp up the more difficulty of the questions uh, as we kind of transition into this one. So. You know what's funny uh, you know, is whenever we first moved to Texas, we, we moved to Houston, Texas. Whenever we told my son Aiden that we were moving to Texas, and uh, 
he I remember he was in the second grade. It's I will never ever forget this. This is the most Texas thing I've ever heard from a non-native Texan. He said, uh, he said, Oh, mommy, we're moving to Texas. So that means we're not Americans anymore. It's like, yeah, what do you mean we're not? He says, No, we're Texan now. <laughs> yes, sir. I was like, Yeah, that boy's already got Atta, it figured out. Add a boy. Add a boy. That's what you I'm know, talking about. Ben, I, I find so interesting because I know you've moved around a lot. You've lived in the two biggest cities in Texas, you know, in your life, which I think is, you know, in very different cities, I assume, too. Houston and, and Dallas are very different. I've been to both. Let's, they, they, they let's clarify. Cool. Ben never lived in Dallas. Right. The, the Metroplex. The Metroplex. Let's be precise about this with all respect, with all respect to Jay Davis. Yeah. The Metro, the Metroplex. Let me tell you something. The worst thing you can do is be in a Fort Worth, Texas, and say you're in Dallas, or 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 tell them yeah. that they that they're they're from Dallas. Yeah. They will beat your ass. Well, it's it's a big thing with New York. You know, you say you you're not from New York City, you're from Brooklyn. You know, it's that's it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. 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 The uh, um uh the rail railhead barbecue man. It's a TC staple. And I love the slogan on the back of their shirt, man. Life's too short to live in Dallas. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking great, uh, man. Nice. Nice. I miss that place so much. Nice. Such a such a rivalry. It's great. Nice. All right. Uh so let's get back to some of the uh the stuff the stuff at the PCA. Um and uh we I know we talked about um there were a couple of other booths, and, and Aaron, I know you didn't get the chance to hit these guys either. Um, another revelation of the trade show for me, and I, I know Ben, you you definitely feel the same way about this, is Seraphin to Cuba. Oh my God! That was uh, Arnold Arnold Seraphin's company. It's he's based out of Tampa. He's starting to make cigars though in Nicaragua because he's trying to expand. That was, I, I mean, that was another great moment. Thank you to Bear for that. Yes, Bear. Bear really put that on the radar for us, and and Jose did too. Jose was like, "You got to go see these guys." Jose Blanco, yeah. Oh uh, man, I enjoyed that time there, dude. I'm telling you, he was awesome. I, I mean, he when he was talking to us about just the history and his his dad, his grandfather, and the history of Tampa and how 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 it goes back to Cuba, and he's describing all this stuff. And it's just like he started tearing up, man. Mm -hmm. That emotion was true, heartfelt emotion. You'll see it in the video. I mean, and I will say, man, like, I I mean, I'm a history nerd as well. And so when he's relating all his brands that he has, there's all historical context to every single line he has, you know, in one form or another. So I enjoyed doing that one because I, I, I nerd out on the history part of it and why he's describing during the interview, like, Oh, it's this line. And we brought it, but we, it's because of this. And it went, it was an original Tampa brand or, or something. It was, it was Dr. Ebor's original brand that he had in Cuba that he brought to Tampa. And we're trying to continue, continue that on. I mean, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. And, and like, I didn't get to smoke those, the same, he gave us a lot of samples, which I was highly, I was very thankful. Very for. generous with his samples. Yeah. So, but he, I, I didn't smoke any until I got home and I, I really could, I, I, I'll be honest, man, him talking about it. I got romanticized. Yeah. Lines. I, so I was I, getting into it. Yeah. 
so I what I got I put them I put them in my case. I, I always bring a case and several humi bags to put the cigars in because we all know Las Vegas destroys these cigars, man. Yeah, they get so dry so quick it's unbelievable. So I put them in these bags and, and uh, actually I put they it was in a humi bag and I put them inside of a bigger one and brought them home and to make sure that they got acclimated back to normal i mean honestly if i showed y'all this on our text chain i got the cigar medic thing and you check it they're great I, honestly i bought this for his cigars because i didn't want to smoke them until i knew they were ready right, right. and this thing I, I mean of course i don't know how it's calibrated it, it seems to be pretty accurate from what i could tell but when it got right i started i basically just chain smoked his stuff man almost back to back and every one of them for me hit. Every yeah. one of them hit. I knew the, I knew you'd love the Florida Tampa man. That shit was fucking fire, yeah. man. Did yeah. we Holy get any cow. for Nils? Did we get any for Nielsen? I forget if it was in his oh. bag or not. I oh. got some. I don't know if it made it to him because apparently oh. the guy getting it to him didn't. Oh. Was... No, 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 and no. I did not get it. So I don't think it... I, well, just so I don't have any either. So, <laughs> but no, what I mean. Yeah, this is okay. something that I because I will fix I, this. I'll fix this. We're good. We're good. I just asked all over me, but uh, I, I probably asked something a while ago. Yeah, but yeah, we'll fix that. Uh, like because I'm gonna, you know, I just like I said they it was a. I would have. I I want. I smoked one at the booth, and I thought it was fantastic too. That was the first time I smoked it, and I was like, I think oh. this is right up Nielsen's alley. I do too. I think that, but it also brings me back to something I was going to mention when we talk about La Florida Benicana. The one thing, Baird, that we've got to get Coop to start doing is when he sits down with you and doing the interview, he needs to stay his ass in the chair and not get up. Yes, I know. I, I had that at the Hustos booth. And too, then get up and then come back and, like, motion to people off camera. Well, the other thing is, yeah, you know, I'm trying to – I guess I'm in this other mode sometimes too, but, yeah, I have to get better at that. Yes. Yeah. It's all right, Coop. No, it was invalid. I, I saw at Hustos booth. I did that too. So uh, – but that's that was when we, we sat down with you know when you said we you know y'all both sat down and that's what remind, I forgot the bitch of that he's <laughs> done he's done that through like for three years in a row now and like every time it kind of fucking throws me like I don't know why like even, I'm like, so wound this, up this time this time like like this year it still does like every time like we sit down together and then like he gets someone where the fuck's he going yeah like. <laughs> am I not interesting is this not fascinating I'm enthralled by this shit what the yeah. fuck. Uh, the other thing about uh, Seraphim's booth, he had like one of the best booth locations in oh, the show. Shit. Right I mean, he Tatuaje. right, and, and, and he felt bad. He felt bad. His banner. He was telling us this last night. He felt bad about the banner overshadow. And Arnold's like, "No, this is great." He was because Arnold, he you know, he was telling us the story. He wasn't sure if he, Rich Myberg was the one who talked to him and going to the trade show. So uh, yeah, I don't know if we got that on camera, but he did mention that to us. Yeah, I don't know if he did, but he did mention that. Yeah, hats off to how hats off to Rich, man. Like that. I hope Rich is doing well too. I know he had a couple of that, health issues I, after the show. Yeah I, was, yeah, I was about to say something on behalf of that, but yeah, hats off to Rich for talking him into it. Um, and also, again, hats off to Rich there too, because like I, 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 I'm ninety nine percent sure that Arnold is a member of the BCA, and and. You know, he opted for a booth instead of instead of a kiosk, and and he like he was telling us, and he told me later in my interview a couple weeks later that um, 
that that was the best thing that he ever done. So hats yeah, off he, to Rich he would have been so. lo- nothing against the BCA. I think, by the way, we'll talk a little about them. I thought they had a good show, but Arnold would not have. I think he needed to be in that booth. He had enough. He had enough of a booth where he can tell his story there as opposed to a small kiosk, which I don't think would have told his story as well. So I, I think uh, I agree. I think he was better off where he was for his I, brand. I got up my game next year, guys. Arnold might be uh, Arnold's trying to dethrone me as the selfie king. I got to oh, say he, it, oh, man. Yeah, I got yeah. yeah, to say, we're, man. We're, I got to step up my game, man. Yeah, we uh, but, we didn't get enough selfies with Jose. I, I didn't get any Jose selfies when I was out, well, out with him. So the fuck Oh, when you were out with him, I was like, I got one every day. I got. I know, but we usually, fa- it's one of my favorite things to do, man. Is photo yeah. bomb selfie with Jose Blanco every day. We started you know, that. I remember when we started that uh, when he was an EP Carrillo. Yeah. Well, you started that because you were like, you. It was like Coop loves to do this with me. He's like, like it's almost like a bounty or a dare, and I'm like. Like, I don't, I think he's finally learned that I just really don't give a fuck. And I'm like, I will absolutely do. He's like, I was like, yep, yeah, watch this. Like, Koopal issue, like this, this, uh, this challenge, the Cigar Dave challenge was like, oh my I God. I was taking pictures of Cigar Dave in booths and stuff. Like, that, that we, was fucking great too, we, like years ago. Ben and Aaron, we dominated the Cigar Dave to the point where he comes up to me and he's like, you're, you're getting more press than me. He's like, and he was like, you're really nice to me, but it was funny. We, we, we totally did this. Like, cause we kept running into Cigar Dave like the year before at the booze. So this year we just decided to, to show all the times that we ran into Cigar Dave and we were tagging people. And then people in the industry were telling him like, you know, Coop's tagging you all over the place. And he went and hunted me down. That was 2000, I think 18. He did that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that was the last year with me a Stucker review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, remember that. Yeah, yeah. He so always much, so much there. fun. He always seemed to get there right when you, you know, he did the same. Oh, the Balmoral, remember the yeah. Balmoral? Even with mm-hmm. he, he showed up at the Balmoral party. I took it. I took. We were interviewing Francisco Batista, and I literally fucking took a picture in the middle of it. I'm talking to Francisco, <laughs> and I'm like this. I'm like click, <laughs> and I feel like my fucking, <laughs> It was great. Yeah. It's absolutely great. The best one was the best one was in the Crown Heads booth. I took a picture of Cigar Dave with the Cigar Coop Primetime cigar- Award in his background. <laughs> that was fucking funny. That was, yeah, so we gave Crown Heads Company the year that yeah, and he gets a picture of Cigar Dave standing right right in front of the award, and we posted that stuff. Too. Brilliant, brilliant. And he was actually, I guess, Dave is you know, I know how Dave is, he's arrogant, but he actually was a pretty good sport, and he actually was really very kind to, yeah, he thought uh, he he's very kind to us. Actually, he said, He, he, I, I was told from a couple people he doesn't throw compliments around very easily, so they said, Consider yourself lucky. So, um, so that was that was pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, I need to up my game, but no, Rich Myberg, yes, he uh, he unfortunately had some health issues at right after the show. Uh, he's at, he's home. He's recovering, uh, and and every, uh, the expectation is he will be. He's not 100 percent yet, but he will be back up and running uh, sometime yeah. soon. So good, yeah, good I mean that was a big hire for for Arnold too. I mean, uh, you know, he hired Rich full time. So I mean, small company. This guy's a small guy in Tampa. Um, I do. I definitely want to go to his place in Tampa when we ever go back there. Yeah, I, and I, I would I, say too. I almost wish that we would have went to his booth earlier. Uh, I, I because- do too. But the the reason why is because you know we had this happen all the time. But we're walking between booths, people see us and want to stop to us and talk to us. You know, I had and because I've had to move around so much that I, you know I got a lot of really good relationships with a bunch of different cigar shops, right? And a lot of people kept coming up to us, hey, 
what's what's a you know what's something that really caught your attention here like what company should i go visit you know and i had several at first but then we got to seraphim i'm like oh seraphim instantly yep. go see go to the seraphim booth you know yep. so Jose uh, was Jose was pushing us there and I, you know, to give give them some love. And I reached out to Rich and he sent me a whole overview of the company and everything. And I started I and Bear, you had already been talking to Arnold. You were already saying, look, this guy's yeah. got a lot of history. And then when Jose sent me when Rich sent me all that information, I'm like, yeah, this is a this is a booth we have to go see. I mean, this is a this is a very unique boutique guy who just is like a historian. And I knew it was right up Bear's alley. So yeah, I feel I feel like uh, I feel like we're really kindred spirits, man, dude. Yeah, the yeah. he's a nice guy. Nice guy. He's a very nice guy. First, too. Ra- first rate gentleman, man. Yeah, I mean, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. yeah, yeah, he he tugs at your heartstrings, man, with his with his yeah. like his his love of family and the cigar industry and stuff. Yeah. And it's and like the thing about I think the thing what's really great about him is that um, it, it, it's kind of like it's kind of like my relationship with Howard, you know, Gums of Howard G. Yeah. Um, you know, Ar- Arnold's a lot more affluent in tobacco than Howard is. That's not the comparison that I'm making, but they also don't, they're very, very genuine and they're, they don't ever try to be something that they're not. Yep. But our Arnold's, our Arnold's, uh, family is, is neck deep in the lineage of tobacco and, it's it's real it's authentic there are a lot we, look we've been around a lot we've been around a long time and we we know we we can smell the bullshit story from a mile away at this point like, yeah. yeah this this is not man and, and like again he's like it, it, you know he hasn't been making cigars forever when they were making cigars out of his shop you know they're 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 bundled cigars and he's not ashamed of it which is great like he's yeah. not a, like he's not ashamed of it and he shouldn't yeah. be like they yeah. they are house making their own stuff and and the, the the premium the premium cigars that he's releasing, man, is there. I mean, the, the fucking quality is just outstanding. The cigars smoke impeccably. They're just there's there is not a miss in that portfolio, which is fucking scary when you think about it. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, every like the, I had the one cigar, uh, and I said if they if all the cigars are this good, um, it's a good thing. Well, I will say this: for you know, we got a lot of. You know the newer cigar smokers looking for those Lajero bombs, right? There's not a Lajero bomb in his portfolio, yeah. I, and I, for one, am thankful for that. I mean, honestly. Yep. I, I knew if I was him, ben. I knew you'd like the cigars, Ben. I knew they were going to be right in your wheelhouse, man. Yeah, it was a, that was a revelation. You know, I got to also say, uh, Aaron, um, you did again. The photography was great. I know you got to this booth because there was some really good pictures that I, I pulled. Um, the other revelation I thought, um, this was more about the, the revelation maybe from the people, was the Hoot and Young booth. Um, and I thought that was the most interesting booth we went to, meeting the two principals, Hooten and Young, mm-hmm. because they kind of interviewed us first, trying yes. to understand. Not that they were grilling us; they wanted to know who we were. And uh, I'm sure Allison prepped some of them but i think they wanted to hear it from us because we spent probably about another 10 15 minutes talking about what we all did before the actual interview happened and i thought that was very just they were really trying to get us to know us as people uh and and uh they were and they, they, they had a very small booth right so you really mm-hmm. couldn't move but they gave us like, again 
we probably spent another half hour there because this is where we started to slow down. But I thought it was, I thought it was great booth. And I did smoke that cigar that Eladio did. It was a little young, but a little time. It's going to be fine. And I thought, again, they, they have a $15 cigar from Eladio Diaz. Uh, that's the, mod, the mod deuce is fucking fire, man. Holy shit. That cigar is good. I smoked I, that. I have you know, it. I'm smoking yeah. the 2020 right now. And I'm, 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 this is a really good cigar too. I'm enjoying um, this. Dude, the thing about Tim Young and Norm Hooten, these are two guys. Like, I feel like, like we were talking about kindred spirits, and we we're talking about the, the the chemistry that Ben and I have like developed over the last couple of years and stuff like that. I feel like Tim and Norm are like the two guys like that Ben and I would fucking hang out on the weekend with, like fucking drinking bourbon, yeah. smoking cigars. Like um, the I knew the story of I knew the story of Norm. And um, I didn't know how much they wanted to talk about it. And right. when Tim brought up, yeah, he's like, hey, if you, when he was telling the story like about how, who he was bringing in as a partner, and someone's like, who's Norm Hoot? And he's like, have you heard of Black Hawk Down? And I was like, all right, great. We're going, we're, we're talking about this. This is great. The, the um, it, I mean, it's a little, like they said, it's a little Hollywood and it's a little dramatized like Hollywood tends to do and stuff. Yeah. But he is, Eric Bana plays, plays norm hooten in the movie and it's by it's one of my favorite rewatches um i i mean i'll i'll, I'll watch black hawk down all the time um and eric bennett's character who plays norm hooten is absolutely my favorite my favorite character in that film um and and it was like he they they talked about he talked about that mission and i was like i was in it along the way and i think i think it actually really i think I don't want to read too much into the conversation, but I think Norm and Tim like were really surprised like how much I knew about it, um, and like we were going. I was asked start. I started diving in, asking questions about that again. We weren't even talking about. They have a whiskey line too. We weren't talking whiskey. We weren't talking cigars. But we. It was. It was such a really unique opportunity and a unique experience. And I like again. Shout out to Allison for putting that together for us and allowing yeah. us the opportunity to what? sit down with those guys. What upstanding gentlemen. Yeah, when Allison reached out to me for the interview, I had not like done a lot of the scheduling yet. So I said to her, I said, look, um, I haven't, you know, and we got to be careful sometimes of scheduling interviews with smaller companies. And not that we don't want to do it, but it sometimes will slow you down. Okay. And we have to be, you know, but Allison had given me enough of intel where I went back to you guys. I said, let's put this on the calendar. I think this is going to be a good boost visit. And it was. I mean, I didn't know nearly as much about the military stuff as as you, as you guys did. Uh, I, I I obviously I learned a lot uh, prior to the trade show, but yeah, I didn't know about a lot of this, and it was uh it was an amazing story. Um, and I think these guys want to be in the cigar business. Is the other thing I'm seeing is like they're you know I think they're very serious about being. They're, they're working with, um, Cordoba Morales, a boutique factory out of or boutique company out of Orlando to do some of their production. They have a factory in Nicaragua. Now they're working with Eladio. So obviously they had some connections to get to Eladio. Someone got them to Eladio. And I don't remember if we asked them how they met Eladio, but um, that may be for another interview. I don't know. I know one thing you don't ever do is you don't tell a Delta operator no about whatever he asks. I don't give a shit. No, I think I, I, that I knew not to. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Nielsen, did we get you any of those cigars? Nope. I have those. I do have um a few, so I will I will make sure. I have to send you guys some stuff anyway. So, 
just send it to Aaron, man. I feel like we dropped the ball, man. This is yeah, we, we we I tried to send you stuff, Aaron. I I didn't realize it was all Aramis from Oscar. It's all right. Yeah, so we'll, we'll make sure we take care of you because you did it. You know, like I said, um, hopefully you got some other good cigars that that at some point will will be noticed. Uh, but I I like I said I did this. Um, I thought that um. The one that Eladio did was 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 um like I said it was a little young, but they even said to us those just came up from the factory, um so I was like you know I was totally okay with that that you know they did come up from the factory, um I want to I want to actually say the name of the cigar here so give me a second because I want to do justice to the names of these cigars um I'm just I'm rattling stuff off this was the um the uh was it the opera no it was the the gothic the the 30th anniversary was the Eladio yeah, one. Got the, got yeah, the, the, the Gothic Spirit. Yeah. Uh, that was the one with a white band on it, uh, which was also a Sumatra cigar. You know, I'm, I'm always hit and miss with Sumatra. And I, I said, I saw a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of your names on this. So it's like, it's a hell of a cigar. Fifteen Again, $15 um, for a lot of Diaz blend is, is, and it wasn't, I felt That's... anything just needed a little more. I just, when I got to the middle, I could tell it was a little young. So um, it just needed a little time with that um we should talk about chaz palmitary uh so aaron again thank you got all the pictures for me with that one because i missed that right completely with the pictures so you got over to chaz you got some of the pictures but we did get the chaz palmitary um through dean parsons so yeah, we wanted to we we really wanted to make it a point i were to to see dean this year yeah we wanted to actually um, interview dean we figured we'll interview dean right <laughs> so is what we did and uh, he's like, yeah, let me, you're here to see Chaz. And we're like, no, I'm here to see you. And this is what I love about Dean. Dean's probably one of the most, hum- like in, in, in an industry full of humble people, like he's, he's, he's up there, man. Like it's, yep. it's, he, he was like, so appreciative of that. He's like, no, let me, let me, we want we want to do this. And so thanks to Dean on that. Um, but I want to give kudos to Ben on this. And I think I, I did not, you know, I pride myself on on thinking about like you you were speaking, giving me high praise earlier, Coop, about thinking about just takes and stuff like that, and assessing things like that. Hats off to Ben for making this call by at, by telling you to get in the interview. Uh, I, I felt York, yeah, I didn't want to like that. That's yeah. that was the right call. Ben actually really ordered call. me to go into the interview. It wasn't like I didn't want to do it. And he's like, you, you're a New York guy. You got to get in there. And yeah, I mean, what's a Mississippi guy and a Texas guy going to talk to a Brooklyn guy, a Bronx guy? You know, you, we, you, you from the boroughs, man, you need to go in there and talk to them. You yeah. Know, and I had been to Paul, I had been to Paulie De Silvio's. I, I should say, I'd been there a long time ago. Paulie De Silvio is the guy in the Bronx who was originally making Chaz's cigars, but to ramp up production, they went with Dean. Uh, and Paulie is an awesome guy because had I not done that, Ben, I don't think I would have made the connection with Paulie because when Paulie started talking to me a lot afterwards, and he's like, I got to get you. I got to get you. Got to get up to the Bronx. He, I, there's more projects coming. It sounds like from Paulie. Uh, Paulie's a guy I'd actually like to get on our show. Yeah? And I heard he makes incredible pizza. Is the other thing I've heard about this. Well, I, he, that's what he told us when we were brought before he went on the interview. That's where I heard it. Yeah, I knew I heard. I have to say, Paulie Silvio is the coolest Yankee fan I've ever met. He was very respectful to you, man. I like, could I not believe it. He's like, he's like, he's like, nice, he's like, nice hat. I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> Here we go with the Amadeus. He's, like, he's like, no, man, you know, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, like, cool. Like, yeah, the Amadola guys were awesome too. Like, uh, but they, I mean, but they, we definitely, we definitely had fun. They definitely asked me. Like, he was totally cool. He's like, yeah, I know some great people in Boston, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, 
this is this is going left when I thought I was going to go right. Okay, cool. Like he was, yeah. What a cool dude, and what a great conversation. Yeah, off, I I off actually, camera. you know, I was actually talking to my. Uh, we want to go back to New York, my family this year, because we the last time we were in New York was not for the best circumstances. We haven't been up since before the pandemic. And I was talking to my kids. I said, we got to go to Arthur Avenue. They have my kids have not been to Arthur Avenue ever, uh, which is the real Little Italy. OK, there's Little Italy in Manhattan, but Arthur Avenue in the Bronx is Little Italy. Is what, it's just that is uh, that is the place to go um, for sure. So, um, you know, definitely a place you need to, uh, you know, and, and the, the, the Italian food is great up there. So um, I actually saw a couple of um, Paulie's done a lot of like you know, types of, inter- he's, he's very well known and he's done a lot of local interviews and there's one that he takes you through his pizza place, which is really cool. So like, after I saw that, I said, I got to go to this place for sure. All right. Um, I'm just going by our list. So we wrapped up, well, we actually wrapped up day two at the Roma craft booth. So we actually saw skip, um, and we saw the virtual golf range, and we heard you were at the virtual golf range, Aaron, the day before. I was. Yeah, they said they they all saw you there. <laughs> master, master the flame, brother. There was master a there was the a flame. virtual there was a virtual reality golf. It wasn't part of the Roma Craft booth. It was someone else's. I don't know whose it was, but it was like adjacent to the Roma Craft booth. Yeah, I, I we were at the. Uh, it was right by the um, the food court. Yeah. And, um, we were on a like a five minute break. I'm like, all right, I'm going over there. So. Hit a few shots and I didn't get the hole in one, but that's all right. Next, yeah, time. yeah, because uh, who is it? Uh, Mike saw you there, Hustler Mike, yeah, yeah, Bostani booth, right? Yeah, yeah, because they were in the Roma Craft booth, essentially, they were just part of the Roma Craft booth, so it was like one booth. Um, so you know, it was interesting because this was like the first time Skip really has been back at the trade show. He was there last year, but he just had a meeting booth, he didn't have any product or anything he was bringing, and it was definitely a minimalist booth. Um, and I do miss the old, old Roma craft booth, but I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine what Skip did. I think, you know, in the end, you know, you're going to get the story from Skip about his products. And he had a couple of products this year, uh, a couple of Sumatra releases. Uh, he had the Quinn Quaginario, which I said that right, didn't I? Yeah, that was good. I worked on that. Yeah. Uh, which I did like. Uh, and the Volstead was, well, I want to talk about the Volstead when we get to our top five too. Um, and I said to Skip, he goes, what do you think? Because I smoked the Volstead when I was there. I said, this doesn't suck. And he's like, you don't like Sumatra either. I'm like, no. I said, but this, <laughs> there are some Sumatra I do like. And that was a good cigar. So I think he had two. I think there were two really nice releases, uh, you know, and uh, smaller booths uh, compared to the. I, I really, I really like. I understand that booth he had was very expensive, though. But it was a real like the old Roma Craft booth was so well laid out with the Vitolas. And he told the story, I think, of the brand really well. Um, but again, Skip is the storyteller. So, you you know, he can do it without the booth is what was my feeling with that. I I love I love interviewing Skip. Um, I. I I really enjoy I really enjoy his stories. Um, and, you know, at heart, you know what the, I think the reason like we 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 always love talking to people like I know we're gonna get to them like Steve, Pete, and Nick. You know, skips up there like they're all of them are just fucking cigar nerds. I mean, they're just yeah, they're they're versions of us, and they're just happen to make 
truly fantastic cigars all four of them and it's like the the um the the reason i like talking to skip so much is that yeah he's a he he can be a he can be a he can be polarizing but like we always kind of joke around there's there's social media skip and then there's romacraft skip and you know say what you want about social media skip romacraft skip is one of the more fascinating people to talk to you never get the same story twice it's one of my favorite things about him and that's why it, it you have to commit the conversations that you have with him to memory because you get a truly unique experience every single time you talk to him now he brings up certain points over and over again like he like when he talks about like uh cigars that stand the test of time he talks about the oliva v specifically right like that's a point that he makes continuously uh but and why and and what he is him and mike are trying to do from a branding and cigar standpoint as far as like terms of you know terms of quality consistency and excellence like that's that's like probably like one of his his markers but um but that's why i love i love interviewing skip because it's just it's a truly unique experience every single time um and you don't you don't get the same stuff you know i've repeated myself more in the last 10 seconds than pete than pete than skip does that's and that's true and and you finally got to give him his 2019 award yeah no shit and you, yeah and you had to go back there a second time on day four i was like I'm, i know i was like so pissed i was like god so damn it that was your number three what was it the number three cigar that year or two? number two number, number two. two it was um it was it the intemperance that- the, intem- the Intemperance Whiskey Rebellion Hamilton. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep, yep, yep. So uh, I'm glad you finally got to give it to him four years later. <laughs> Speaking of that, I'm going to light up a Volstead right now. So there you go. I'm and I'm right, I just bag. set up my I just set up my Esteban Carreras Big Sixty. So uh, we'll get into that as well. You're such a whore. So, yeah. <laughs> so that was that was day two, guys. Um, we slowed down a bit. We didn't hit as many booze, but I think we hit some. I, I like Bear. I know you. You know, we hit, we hit, we had quality. I think on day two, but day three was a different story because that was now we felt a little pressure about we were ahead the first day. We kind of maybe fell behind the second day, and now we have to approach this day three. And then, of course, I have to go to the uh, the PCA press conference, which I'm going to put that on the side for now. And uh, I know you guys, uh, you guys were hustling the, that hour I was there. It was I know it was a little struggle sometimes you had. Uh, just getting people wrangled down. It was a little tough on day. It was tough on day. Day three was tougher than day one, actually. It was. Yeah. Um, I I have to say this. Like, Coop Coop knows how to motivate me in ways that he doesn't like realize. So like when he like I realized we had slowed down on day two because we were just fucking white from day one. But when Coop said we're falling behind, I was like, God damn it! I need to take it into another gear. And I was fuck. I, I don't Ben. I don't know how you felt. I was fucking panicking in that hour that he was in the press conference because we weren't getting jack shit at first. Like we were striking out at every booth that we were going to. And I was like, I was, I was, I was in a frenzy, man. I was it like, I got, we, we got to find someone to fucking interview. We got to make the most of this hour. Like this is crap. I don't know. Well, how you, you guys, you guys did good. I thought we got, we got a couple, we got, we took it, Fred and, and Rainier, yeah. yeah and, 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 and one other. Yeah, and then Aaron got. I know you guys tried Placencia, but Aaron got all the pictures from Placencia. So I was pretty, and I had just seen Javi a week before. So I, I had enough of a feel that, all right, we didn't get the interview with, with, with Nestor, but we could still do a write up on this with no problem. So we, I mean, it was unfortunate we couldn't get to him, but yeah. But we struck out. I mean, we tried to get the Padrone. George wasn't there. 
So I mean, we had we had some strikeouts. Uh, early, uh, that that morning, that morning at day three was actually the least productive, except for the Joe Grow piece. But we spent an like we spent almost an hour at the Joe Grow booth, right? So we were really starting slow on day three, I thought. And I said, this is where Nielsen, where he did the photo work, saved a lot of the stuff where I could still do intelligent write-ups and have good photos. So, so that, again, hats off, Aaron. Like, that day one effort was massive, right? But, but yeah, but I was a little worried. We came out of Joe Groves' booth. I was extremely worried. And then we had appointments booked up in the afternoon on top of that. But we did have a very interesting booth visit, I think, right after uh, Joe Groves. And we went to the Cigar Media's least favorite booth of the trade show, Oliva. And we had a great booth visit with Oliva's, which I'm just going to tell you. Shout out to Paul Costa, man. He hooks us up every year. But Paul went a little further this year because I had talked to Paul. Paul had seen some of my comments about people not covering Oliva, and he asked me about it. And I said, Paul, you guys should be getting – you guys are always welcoming at the booth. You guys always do it. We, you know, sometimes I maybe mean, have to wait a few minutes. That's fine. But they took that messaging up to some of the higher ups this year. Paul got that messaging up and it, they came out and were apologetic to us. I said, well, no, it's not us. I mean, some of the other, we just wish some of our peers would cover you guys. Um, and that was a very, we were there at a very busy time too. Oliva Boots was slammed on day three. Uh, I think we got there about noon. It was, it's always a productive one. We'll go, we, go to leave it you know yeah. and it, it, to me i'm i kind of look at stuff a little bit different i kind of look at it like skip does where you have these you know these legacy brands that have these staple cigars that have been around forever yep you know and they you know it's it's like it, it's almost like the i don't know the social media thought where it's like what's new what what did you bring out last month I, I need something fresh, something new, something right now. I need instantaneous information. I, I need instant gratification to where I, I kind of like, dude, the, just to freaking the companies that take it slow would do the yeah. product right and have something that's, that's around forever where you don't have to worry about in two years. Will it still be here? You know, I, I love that. And that's why I love Oliva. Yeah, me too. Companies like that, you know? Um, yeah. I, I think our team thinks like that a lot too, um, which is why that's always a boost we make sure we go to. And, you know, when I saw the presentation for um, the $300 cigar, um, I was quite impressed with the presentation in person because I really wasn't take. I was kind of a little taken back beforehand. Um, I, I wasn't impressed with like the photos, to be honest with you. But when I saw that humidor and I saw that, you know, the gold foil and stuff um, and the cigar we're referring to is the Roaring 20 cigar, um, which is the $300 cigar. We, we did not get samples of those guys. <laughs> it did ask. <laughs> but um, but no, I mean, they hooked well, us apparently up. Aaron wouldn't have gotten it anyway because we just didn't no, send right. him cigars. <laughs> we, didn't send him, we sent him our mess. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel bad now. I got me, but um, yeah, I uh, like I said, we met there. We met. They have a new marketing person, so I think they recognize there's some things that have to be corrected, and I think they're willing to do that. And the other thing that was interesting, guys, is I thought they did something interesting. They they separated out Cuba Aliados this year into a separate area from the Oliva brand, and they kind of gave it its own identity. 
Uh, yeah. So it was adjacent. It was like across the aisle from the Oliva booth. But I thought it did a good job of giving it the identity, uh, which is I think that what they're trying to do with that is have us Cuba Aliados be something separate from the Oliva branded stuff. So I think that was a good thing. Last year, I kind of thought it got it got lost in the booth, in fairness. This year, if you hadn't, if you missed Cuba Aliados last year, you couldn't miss it this year. It was easy to get to. And yet some people still did. Yep. 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 You know, well, Leave is one of those booths that I've really enjoyed our conversations with them over the years. And again, shout out to Paul Costa for always getting us. He, he's either done it or he's gotten someone to us. And like you said, he kind of went above and beyond this year. Yeah. The, oh, yeah. Uh, the thing that I really like about it is like we do talk to somebody different each year, which that's to me, that's the fascinating part. Would I love to talk to Corey? Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, we've been, Corey's a great interview. Um, Trey Cho is not going to be a good interview. I mean, it's just uh, that's what you get. But he's been willing to do people's shows. I mean, he just has to be asked. He's happy to do it. So uh, and Pete thinks Pete Johnson thinks really highly of Corey, by the way. I know he's uh, he said a lot of good things about that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised that, that when Aaron and I interviewed him, that he might have even went to Pete and checked. The, you know, And Pete probably gave us the blessing. I wouldn't be surprised that. That's yeah. a company that that's see that's and that's something else we we it, it's we talk coop we talk about your how how the scar coop coverage of the industry like year round is different than like other outlets and stuff like right. that but we do preach support of the industry we do advocate for support of the industry and a company that gets overshadowed time and time again, just because they're not the loudest voice in the room. Like everyone thinks of people like Pete and Rocky and Carlito yeah. who are these amazing ambassadors for the industry's cause, but nobody supports the industry like Oliva does. And it's one of the best, it is one of one of, they do one of the quietest, best jobs at doing it. And it, it's something that I think needs to be spotlighted more yeah. because you know, in a you know, I mean, this was a company that was acquired by a much larger company. Jay Cortez is a very big company, right? Yeah. And for a, for you know, a lot of people, not first of all, knocked it, right? So because they think, oh, they're part. Of, it's they're not they're not a leave anymore. They're not boutique. They're not family owned. It's different. It may be different, but their passion and and support of the industry is absolutely positively unwavering, and. That's something that, again, that I think needs to be spotlighted more. more. And frankly, I'm just going to call, I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll fall on the sword while I'm calling this out. Like, like we need to do a better job of that. Like the, the media in general needs, I think we're better because we obviously cover them, but overall, this is, they need to, they need to have more attention and spotlighted on them because of what they do for the industry. They do yeah. not get enough credit. No, I agree. I, I, and I said, they make a consistent product and you, you know, you talk about, we, we talk about all the time when someone acquires something, the, the brand goes to hell. I don't think Oliva went to hell at all with this acquisition. If anything, I think they've been doing a nice job of growing the brand. Maybe I haven't loved every release they have, but but I got to say they, they you know, they, they create they're creating a lot more buzz. It, it, it used to be the Oliva boots every year. Same thing every year, year after year. And then, you know, last three years, they've had products they brought in. Um, I didn't see them do an advent calendar this year, by the way. I think the yeah, advent calendars are, were gone from everybody this year. Yeah. Um, we we then finally got to the Agonorsa booth. <laughs> so we, we finally got there on day three. <laughs> yeah, your 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 cigar of the show, man. Your uh, the peg leg, the ten by one hundred. I didn't get a sample. Was it was, of that. it was it was it everything that you wanted to see, Coop? 
Was it everything it, that you ever wanted? I felt bad. It got cracked, and it's not their fault. I'm sure the dry air did. But they, it's fake. They, yeah, it's fake. Yeah, they, they were really trying. Were, people were handling the shit out yeah, of it. Yeah, it was handling it, and I felt bad for them, but um, they probably should put that one in the cabinet, to be honest with you. But I think they wanted people to see and touch that cigar, too. So, I, uh, But we did get Terrence to give us some time, which was good. Um, um, like I said, it took three days to get to the Agonauts. They were busy at the Agonauts and Moose, in fairness, so. Wasn't just media guys there, so uh, we got there. Their booth wasn't that big either, so I mean, it's it was, too small. They need, they need, say they, they need to expand that booth because I mean, they have a big enough brand and big enough interest in in what they do. There's their booth was tiny. I went in there a couple times and I saw. I mean, Terrence, it was like he was on top of everybody, and then when they were trying to write orders out front, it was so congested. Yeah, that, that they need a bigger booth than what they've got. Yeah. You know, there was one like one of the few photos we all missed, and I knew that this was one you didn't get, and I was trying to get it, and then I got distracted. Was the uh, the new Cuba release they had? Um, and it was there, and I saw it, but it was again getting people all around that area, so you just couldn't. You know, it, you you were literally rubbing shoulders with people, and they, they but that's I think even Terrence said something that they they're gonna probably expand the booth next year. They used to have a nice size booth Agonar Salif years ago, so they've really cut the footprint down. And I get it, but they uh they can't uh, they they yeah, they can't they need a bigger booth. There's no question. You know, bigger boat, bigger booths. Yeah. Uh, so that we we got to Agonar, and then following Agonarsa. I think we had a big moment at the trade show. We went to Ashton and we sat down with Andy Green. And I think we learned something at Ashton. Go there on day three because they tend, what he said to us is day one and two, they have more, they're really focused on sales mode. But after day two, they slow down and uh, they, they focus on, on some smaller accounts or, or growing accounts. And Andy Green had more time with us and he brought over the La Roma de Cuba, Connecticut. Um, Corona fire, absolute which, fire, which out of, out of his personal stash, out of his personal stash. And he gave us plenty of time to talk. And, you know, he was great. He was talking, you know, we did the interview. He also said to us that San Cristobal is going to probably be going to a rebrand like La Roma de Cuba did. And, um, I think we all came out of that booth saying this is the best cigar we had on the floor. I think, uh, none of us thought Jay Davis had told me that cigar was good because they actually started chipping it a few weeks before the trade show. I I just we were I think we told Neil. Did, Neil, did you buy a box, Aaron? After our our comments, of course. What was your feeling on that cigar? Oh, I like it. I want to try it actually in the Toro. I like it. Um, I to me, um, I think it needs a little more time. Just. A little more time, not like not like months, but I think it needs just a little bit more time to refine. I like it. I want to try it in Toro because I've got the Corona Gorda. I bought a box after your your rave reviews of it. I really like it. Um, I'm interested to smoke it in like another couple of weeks. Yeah, I I uh, I think because he gave this out of that personal stash, it was probably, you know, he probably had those a while. Um, right. but but yeah, I uh, I and that's another booth I don't see a lot of guys go to. And like I said, if you know, if you asked me the best cigar I had on the floor, and we'll get into this a little bit, uh, we'll talk about our top fives in a little bit. But if you had to say to me on the floor, that was the best cigar I had on the on the four days of the show. There was nothing that was my number one, and I did not see that coming because I've not. They make that cigar pepin, and I normally have not liked the pepin Connecticut's. 
Yeah, same here, but I love that one. It was yeah, fantastic. That was I mean, that was absolutely a box worthy cigar. Um, so that was that was that was pretty good. All right. We then moved over to um JC Newman. So uh I think we had, we got Eric Newman for the second year in a row to interview us. So, uh, you know, in, we interviewed Eric for the second year in a row. So I think that was, I thought that was a pretty good visit as well. Um, you know, I kind of, uh, like the whole Lee Rewer Newman thing that that's going to be that big thing that they're doing. They did some tweaks to the packaging on the uh, American, which I kind of liked. They added that other band on there. Um, and then they had that humidor that was made from the NBA all-star game basketball court, which I thought was interesting. That one was really cool. Yeah. It's actually made from pieces of the flooring. They bought the floor. Yeah, they bought wood from the floor. They actually, yeah. And uh, I don't know if it's NBA licensed, but I think they can say the NBA name. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I'm I'm not, but I mean, hell, it's their wood now, so... I, I gotta say too, they we a couple of days earlier we were at that cocktail hour at um at the um what's the name of that place at the Mirage? Oh, uh, the Rum Bar. The Rum Bar. Um, and that was actually a pretty good cocktail hour because it wasn't crowded, and um we could smoke. We could, we could smoke indoors and sit. Yeah, we just have to. We didn't position ourselves right for the food coming out. Oh, that that stuff disappeared in about two seconds. There was a there was a crew. There were a couple of crews that just grabbed every. So by the time it got to us, it was like nothing left. <laughs> this that that waiter came around with this massive plate of sliders. It must have been thirty of them on the platter. And there were two groups. And gonna... <laughs> he stopped at the first table, and he kind of just disappeared into the group. And I thought, okay, we'll I'll work his way over here soon, you know. Okay. And when he he backed out, like five minutes later, it would seem like five minutes, probably more like two. The platter was empty. Gone. You and I were next to each other, Ben. He I was like, what? Came back out and the entire platter was gone. And we were hungry. Don't get me, we were hungry at this point, though. But those, like, that, those guys just... Uh, it was like a Pride Alliance on an injured baby gazelle. Packing dogs on a three-legged cat, man. Holy shit. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, What I really liked about that, I had some time with uh, catching up with Jesse Marriott, uh, who did, they did the uh, hand-roll documentary yeah uh continue the hand rolled documentary series they the first one was the jc newman company and they did a good job a, with that yeah amazing job uh with that um and uh you know sergio lysek was there he's the he's the guy in charge of music for it which he i i before i even met him coop i was telling you i was telling you at the at the uh the viewing um in day one of the documentary just like how 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 freaking brilliant he is and then i got to meet him and i was like that was cool i was like i was like man you have no idea how much of how big of a fan i am of yours this the work that you did on this project is outstanding and um you know miss steve this year steve garabine well didn't make it out there but it was good to catch up with jesse and and uh they're so excited about continuing this docuseries i already know they have another one lined up i already know they have another one lined up so i've already been confirmed with that i don't want to say who it is yet I don't think they want it out there, but, but yeah, so there is more of them coming. And what I'll say is um, the two times bear and Ben, Aaron, you weren't there the last time they did hand rolled. They should open every trade show with a hand rolled movie because Good. it sets, it sets a positive vibe for the whole show because that year they did it. Yeah. They said a positive vibe in 2018. Yeah, I agree with that. That this is exactly how it did it. I mean, 
because he did it this year with the Newman video. It's it was awesome. Yeah, and that's what it, I that's what I told Jesse too when we were at the cocktail. I was like, man, you, I don't. I mean, I'm sure you understand it, but I don't think the industry quite understands how important the work you're doing right now is. I mean, you're you're chronicling history. You're chronicling some of this stuff that most people don't know about, or if they do, it's just talked amongst, you know, the insiders, right? It's, it's not well known. And you're bringing this history. You're documenting all of this for generations to come. I mean, it's, this is hugely important what you're doing is what I told Jesse. I'm like, yeah, this is, you're chronicling the history of the cigar industry. Like it's never been done before yeah. and it will be available for many generations after us. Yeah, I, because a I, lot of these guys are, are way up in age, right? I mean, we don't know how long they'll be around. Car- so. Carlitos talked to us when Bear and I did the interview, and Aaron did the interview with Carlito. He talked about this was he felt there was a missed opportunity when his dad was alive, because this wasn't going on, and they, there wasn't these podcasts and you know docu series going on, and he felt that was one thing that was missed uh, in his dad's legacy. And Carlito's kind of taking it. That's why you're seeing Carlito much more uh, out there right now. He knows he has to do this. Um, and he, he feels it's important for his family's legacy. So, and when you watch the J.C. Newman thing, uh, there were things I watched. I thought I knew the J.C. Newman story. I didn't. There was a lot more of it. I didn't. And the surprising thing is when he said that was a cut that he finished the night before. It was a pretty good rough cut, as well. <laughs> better than better than most things. So, uh, you know, I could tell it was a little rough, but it wasn't bad. It was very good quality stuff. So, you, you know, when they'll clean, like when they cleaned up hand rolled, it was even better. I'm sure this is even going to be better when it's cleaned up more. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yep. there were some there were some rough cuts, but it, it but Jesse did inform us that like they they literally finished that at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah, they had to get like, it ready for like like six hours before they debuted it and that that's some fucking that's fucking impressive yeah yeah one thing i told him too is like you know i said you know one thing i would do different he's like what's that i said when you when you have everybody up there talking on the screen we all know who they are right you gotta put the yeah but you need to put the titles up of who they are and what they do he says oh that's that's coming we just we didn't have time to do it for this yeah no and that's that's awesome that's good at least they know that you know uh Yeah, we know that. So I thought it was good with that. Um, you know, the interesting thing is we're getting into the afternoon on day three. Um, and one booth we were having trouble absolutely getting to um, was Kristoff. Like, Kristoff was busy. And we finally got there, like, on the afternoon on tu- – on, um, we got there late in the afternoon on, on Tuesday. Um, and I thought, you know, they had some really cool products there this year. You know, the two Nicaraguan Puros, uh, they have a PCA exclusive. Uh, and then Glenn broke the news on our show. And I, again, I didn't see it anywhere else that they're revamping the whole packaging in the Kristoff line. And he, 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 I, it almost like he saved that for us. It was almost like he yeah. saved to give us that info. So, you know, the loose tobacco, the rough cut boxes are all going away, um, across the whole portfolio. So, um, actually, that's why I moved the Kristoff interview up in the schedule because I thought there was some important information to get out there early. Um, and you know, Glenn, Glenn is always great, but they were really busy this year at the Kristoff. Even when we got there, and because there were a few times they they just they they asked us to come back a couple of times. Third time was a charm, and they they made time for us, which was really good. 
Um, there were a couple of other booths we hit. Uh, I just want to kind of mention, we went to La Galera. We talked to Jose Manuel, uh, Blanco. They need a bigger booth. <laughs> so I guess to say, uh, and Aaron, thank goodness, again, you got the pictures at that booth because, uh, we were, again, that was a tight booth. And we, we always get to him when he's eating lunch, the kid. Yeah, you he, he's always eating pizza. He, he was eating lunch again, and, and he did it for us. It's true. Yeah, it was like this. Uh, every year we go there, he's eating. And he's real thin, the kid. So we, we, we got there. They have uh, they, they had a couple of um like samplers, packs, and they rebranded the Connecticut line. Uh, and then, of course, we can't forget the Howard G. visit either. That's always a fun booth to go to. Yeah, they so, always make it a really fun. Yeah, visit. yeah, they uh, and and it was cool because uh, you know, Ike Taylor and Leon Cersei are uh always at the booth, but I think when we got there, they weren't there. Uh, right. but then they came in right at the end. You know, what's Ike great? did. No, Leon was there, but I I came in. He had, Leon was was doing was Leon was there. You're right. And so uh, what, you know, what's great about that is I don't know if I told you guys this. So so last year, when I um talk to, or get to meet a celebrity or somebody famous. In the that's an athlete, I always ask them because people ask me when I played golf, like who was the best player you ever played against, and that kind of stuff. So I always ask professional athletes, like who's the best player you ever played against. And so I asked Ike last year, and long story short, he said uh, Ocho Cinco. So uh, I went up to Ocho this yeah, year. Yeah, you got up to Ocho. I noticed that yeah, you did. I was talking to him for a few minutes, and I was like, by the way. I said, you know, I, I told him, I explained the story. And I said, uh, he told me you, he's like, man, Ike is my guy. He's like, is he here? And I'm like, no, because I had talked to Howard and Howard uh, said he was coming on, I think Tuesday maybe. And uh, so Ocho was looking forward to seeing him because I guess, you know, paying him that compliment and coming from another athlete pretty cool. So um, hopefully they got to uh, connect when they were there. Did you? I, I like how Aaron preference that was saying from sports, celebrity. From sports. sports, yeah, from sports, Cause, exactly. Because it's like his whole damn life is meeting celebrities. Like, I mean, or, uh, or for him, people, right? <laughs> he's just got to say in sports. Yep, yep. Um, and what was Aaron? I don't know if you caught it at the Howard Gibos, um, but they have a very interesting release, um. A golf theme release coming out. I didn't catch that. Uh, no, what is it? Who's who's the golfer? Is it somebody? No, famous? it's it's called the no. It's not a it's not a celebrity, but it's a it's a golf theme. It's called the Perfect Round, and mm-hmm. it's gonna have a front nine with like some Connecticut Shade cigars and a back nine with some Maduro cigars. And there are right. these big double Coronas. Actually, is what they are. That's smart. Because I, I do the same, like my golf cigar is something of a Connecticut variety. And then I smoke something a little heavier on the back nine because I don't want to pass out on the front nine with smoking something too heavy. Yeah, And Bear, I, I forget, did he say he's making those cigars with someone different, right? I don't think he's making them. Yeah, he's making them in the Dominican. He's making them in the Dominican, which is the first time he's been making stuff in the Dominican. I forget who he said he's making them with. I should know that. But uh, that's not out yet. Uh, they didn't have samples of it yet. Um, I think they just got it ready right before the trade show, it seemed like. Uh, and it's going to be pretty cool. It's going to be the cigars are going to be laid out in a uh, like alternating fashion, like uh, shade, Maduro, shade, Maduro kind of across the board there. So uh, that I thought that was pretty cool with that. Um, 
And then one more thing I just want to mention on day three, uh, the Hoya booth. I think that was a great, we didn't get the Juan Martinez, but we talked to Christian who's there, who's there one of the guys now from Nicaragua. I thought that was a really good interview. And, you know, again, I'll talk about their, when we get to our top five, I want to talk about their cigar a bit, but um, you get to that booth. And the interesting thing about that booth is you see the big Drew Estate name right in it. So uh, they didn't, the Drew Estate name was prominent, but it was a Hoya booth. Uh, it was all Hoya product. Uh, and it was, it was a small booth, but they were pretty crowded. I got to say that too. It was very active. And I'd say Christian, man, was on point. Yeah. He's, I dealt yeah. with him. I met him in Nicaragua too. And he had, they have the banner ad on Coop. So I dealt with him on the ad. He's a great guy. Great guy to deal with. Yeah. He yeah. made it, he made a really good interview. He did. That was, I, you know, I had, I, I knew he'd be a good interview because I had met him in Nicaragua. So he's very, very, I mean, he knows Hoya. He does know the brand extremely well. So uh, I was happy with that. Barry, I think that was another uh, kind of under the radar interview that kind of happened. Yes. Yep. All right. All right. So uh, let's do, we're going to get to day four. I want to talk about, we'll talk about day four and then we'll do our top five to wrap it up. Um, but let's do first, I want to mention um, today's Espinoza, This Day in Sports History. Sponsored by um, Espinosa Cigars, uh, makers of award winning cigars such as Espinosa, 601, and Knuckle Sandwich. Smoke Espinosa, smoke Espinosa every day. All right, this is the question, guys. I think Nielsen may be able to get this question right. Oh boy. All right, here it is. Today, in 1992, this Mets player got enshrined into the Hall of Fame. And the date is too, August 2nd. Too, too easy. Is it? I mean, I know it, but I'll give the other guys a chance. Okay. Because the date threw me off. I got to be honest with you. When I saw it, that's why. Really? I thought it was earlier he got in. First ballot. Hmm. I could throw a hint out. You're asking me, but does Ben know this? Ben, you should know this one. Sure. Mets player got enshrined into the Hall of Fame in 1992. On the and Bear said it on the first ballot. Let me let me. I, I think I know it. Right. I I think because it's one of you. Mets. Um, he's a pitcher, right? He's a pitcher. Yeah, okay, I know who it is. I think. First ballot pitcher. Yeah. And if you throw, go with throw, the throw, throw out your good. You know? Do you know it, Ben? Mm, I don't know. Like I'll guess, and if it, you want me to guess, yeah, do it. I'm gonna guess it's Seaver. It is Tom Seaver. Tom Seaver. See, I threw it up. I thought he got in like in '89, but but no, you're right. Uh, he retired at the end of '86. He actually six. was on the he was on the Red Sox team that went to the World Series, but did not play in the postseason. See, that's see, that's where that what's that's what threw me because I didn't know who he went in at. You know, I didn't know what team he went in for. I mean, I assumed the Mets, but yeah, Tom Seaver. That's yeah. 
Raleigh Fingers was also in that class. Hal Newhauser and uh, an umpire. I think it was uh, McCown. Is that right? Coop? Yep. Yep. I don't know about the umpire. I knew, and it was Raleigh and Tom Seaver. That's the ones. That's the only I can remember from '92. But Raleigh didn't get in on the first ballot. Crazy, right? Fucking insane. <laughs> Fucking Raleigh fingers not getting in on the first ballot. Bullshit. Baseball writers, man. Yeah, they didn't like his stash. Right. That was our Espinosa today in sports history, and I'm sure Hector Alfonso will cheer him up. Uh, because he, needs uh, something. He, he is absolutely falling apart, the man. Uh, if you haven't heard, his team is just basically they traded the whole team away of all their good players, so most of their good players. So he is just depressed. But Tom Seaver is his favorite Met, so uh, he can remember this day fondly. I don't know what's worse, them doing that or the GM saying basically they had no intentions of really trying to go for the World Series. Without yeah, I think, that's the, I think that's the worst part for them. I think that's the worst part. Yeah. I mean, they weren't that far out. I mean, they could have caught a five or six game winning streak and been right back in it, right? Or, or maybe they go, you know, 10 and 10 and four, 10 out of 14 games. I think they could have climbed back into this because you remember the Phillies were far behind and they climbed, you know, you guys were trying to talk me off the ledge, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, re- I remember somebody kept saying it's May. You. <laughs> okay. And, and you were right. Okay. Uh, you know, I tend to get very emotional about the Phillies, but no, <laughs> really, but, but Hector, you know, it, Hector's thing. I mean, they were not playing good, but, I didn't think the season was lost. They still probably could have had a shot at that last wild card. And I would have at least tried to do it. Um, but they just threw the towel in and, uh, you know, not even tried. You know? So I, I understand Hector. He's very, very depressed right now. Nobody but, can trust the Mets anymore. I mean, no, he, he can. He, he, he said, I'm not watching. Another, I, he'll, he'll watch some games, I believe. But but uh, he said he's not watching any games. I understand. Yep. I really do. All right, let's go to um, to kind of, and then we'll get we'll wrap it up in the last segment. But let's kind of get our uh, great things are happening here segment. Um, brought to you by Tobacco RSA, makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julia, H. Upman, and Aging Room Cigars. Tobacco RSA, great things are happening here. In this segment, Bear and I each pick a good news story to share with our audience. Um, Bear, I'll let you go first, and then I will I will kind of follow. Oh, this is such a great story, man. Uh, so Emily Dickerson, not to be confused with Emily Dickinson, is a, a 17-year-old high school student in San Antonio. They were down in Corpus Christi for some kind of uh, trip. I think she was like the school band or something like that. And at the time, she she wears a four sentimental rings. Uh, one, the one that's the most important is uh, her, her. she lost her father. Uh, when she was seven years old. So um, she wears a cremation ring um, and, uh, and has a couple other rings from her family and then one for her boyfriend. But the the one from her father, obviously is the one that we're talking about. Um, she, you know, they were at the beach. She didn't want to go into the water with him because she didn't want to take a chance of losing him. So she thought she had, she thought she had to came up with the best concept. They had, I guess they had subway for lunch or something like that. So they had like, she had a little box. So she put the rings in the subway box for safekeeping went out had a good day at the beach and they left and you know as kids tend to do trust me my son leaves things everywhere she 
forgot about it and to a second uh, you know in a full-blown panic realized that she had forgotten she'd forgotten to bring the rings and uh called her mom which i imagine was so distraught and everything so her mom leaves a uh leaves a message with i guess like you know the 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 the, the beach office or whatever and uh um and um parks and rec department in corpus christi or whatever so uh so laura perez she's the uh, parks operations supervisor listen to the voicemail first thing on monday morning so this was the day after i guess they had been left and she made every effort to track them down right so apparently like all the beach trash cans are like emptied at like into a into a dumpster that's supposed to be picked up at eight o'clock in the morning uh she let listen to the voicemail she like basically called an all-stop uh, went down to the dumpster miraculously had not been picked up. They were late picking it up that day. So that she called off the people who were going to come pick it up. And then her and along with, um, I guess two of her colleagues, uh, uh, two gentlemen named Jesse Martinez and Robert Trevino got into this freaking, it's a 40 yard dump, 40 yard dumpster. Y'all it's Corpus. It's Texas. It's summer. It's a hundred degrees and just fucking putrid, disgusting filth for a couple of hours. And they had searched for hours until they finally came up with this big few bags of subway boxes. And so they started going through one by one. And wouldn't you know, miraculously, in the last bag that they opened of boxes, the first one they open, and there are the rings. Wow. And yeah. Uh, look, man, I, I, my heart goes out to the, the young lady, man. I mean, that she must've felt absolutely awful. I can't imagine. I just can't imagine the emotion of her and like, but hats off to these folks. Uh, that was not a pleasant experience. I can imagine, but the selflessness of these three folks to try and recover and then actually being successful. Just, I mean, it's, it's just a heartwarming story, man. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Um, and, um, you know, she gets, she gets her dad back. And I mean, I, dude, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not kidding. When I read the article, I cheered up and it was, it was beautiful. So uh, that was, that was my good things are happening here. Uh, Corpus Christi parks and rec. Shout out, man. Great job. Nice. Nice job. Mine's a completely like you wouldn't expect me to have this story up here, right? Um, but let me give a little background. Um, a friend of mine's wife is used to be a fashion blogger, and uh, I will just tell you that I've uh, one thing that's interesting is the fashion industry is the other industry that gets beat up over samples, getting free samples, because a lot of people in the fashion blogging get free clothes. So th- th- there's the same notion that goes on that. People are in it to get the free clothes, you know, kind of what we do. See, we're not the only ones, Aaron. We're not the only ones in for the samples, man. No, no. They, it, 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 yeah. And uh, what, what I guess these fashion bloggers do is they literally they try clothes on and women see them and they get inspired by them. Right. And and it's kind of interesting because I've had conversations with her about this. Now, this story is not about her, but she actually pointed me to this story this week Um, because what happened is it was a story. And, and actually, this was on the Good News Network, uh, Bear. Um, there was a, a a woman who had some sketches her grandmother did. A, a grandmother sketched out these 1940s fashion things. Uh, and they were tra- charcoal-type sketches. You know, they weren't photos or anything. And this woman got inspired to learn how to make clothes 
and um, made, like brought these sketches to life, actually. Um, but the part, I guess, is is the thing, again, like you wouldn't think fashion, but, you know, you, everyone knows what I think of TikTok, right? I'm not a fan of it, right? But there was she actually put the outfits that she made into a TikTok video, and the TikTok video went, like, completely uh, viral, uh, where it just, like, totally exploded. Um, and, uh, you know, it was actually, you know, and I looked at it, I said, you know, cause I've seen such garbage on TikTok. I'm like, this is, this is pretty cool. She, the video shows like the sketches and how the, the dresses came to, uh, life and all. Uh, you know, they're not like, you know, they're nothing like sexy or anything like that, but it was, I think it was pretty interesting. So I just, uh, I was kind of like, yeah, this was port my way. And, and, and she knows like what I do with a, a good news segment, uh, cause her husband watches the show. So, um, or is tuned into the show. So she said, she suggested it. I'm like, yeah, it's a great one. So, uh, I put it out there. It wasn't, it wasn't like, it may not be the most interesting one. It was kind of interesting to me and you know how I'm all into the retro thing guys. So I am into like whole 1940s culture and stuff, just lifestyle. So I thought it was pretty cool. So it was an interest to me, but that was my good news story. I got uh, one real quick and just, I'm going to throw it in there and I'll yeah. probably bash for it, but Look, I'm in the music, associated with the music industry very loosely. I'm not a musician, but I see what goes into it. And I know people are going to say that Taylor Swift has got more money than she knows what to do with and this and that. But I'll tell you right now, she's got 50 semi-trailers that follow her around on the tour, along with countless people that are like behind the scenes. And for her to give $100,000 to everybody on the crew, including the truck drivers, including the people that are behind the scenes, probably costing her $6 million, $7 million, boatload of money. Um, kudos to her, because I don't think she did it to get the publicity. She doesn't need more of that. Um, kudos to her from a good story to be give it to people that $100,000 to a lot of these people is probably what they make in a year. And kudos to her for, for opening her wallet, if you will. And yeah, absolutely recognizing the people that make what she does possible. That's great. That's great to hear. And uh, Dave Burke, who I know will be tuned into the show at some point, uh, has secured tickets to the Taylor Swift concert in Australia. So I think he'll be really happy to hear that piece as well. Good job, he, Burke. He, and, and, and it wasn't like he got him for his daughter. He got him because he oh. wants to go see Taylor this is yeah, Dave. Dave, Dave's a big Taylor Swift guy. I mean, he is into her. Right? Him and Seth, we did a whole show on her once, right? It was one of our highest numbers we've had. Like People were into So Dave is like, yeah, Dave has got his Taylor Swift tickets. I'm going to mention this on Jukebox as well to Dave. Uh, he is just probably going to be more happy that he coughed up the money in Australia to get tickets there. All right. That was a great thing that happened here. So let's let's we'll wrap up day four because there's not a lot on day four, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up with our, our top fives. So now, day four for us in the now this is the last day four we're gonna have, by the way, because it's going away next year. So that's another story for another time. R.I.P. Day four. But normally our day four has been frantic, chaotic. We we hit a lot of booze. We make up like if we. If we make up ground, we lose it, right? But I think on day three, we started making up that ground in the afternoon. So we, I think we got to a good level. But we had three big interviews really push the day four. I mean, when I say big, these are, these are big. This is Nick Malo, Pete Johnson, and Saka. Now, Saka was scheduled on day four. 
Nick Malolo and Pete, we had day three interviews scheduled and they were pushed back because of Nick had Nick was busy at his booth and Pete, uh, Nick and Pete then got pulled into the CRA meeting, which they need to put that CRA meeting on the schedule. I've already told Pete that and he agrees. Uh, so we had we had a lot of like we were going into day four and we were nervous. Like we were nervous. Like, these are the big interviews. And Nick is Nick was probably the one that was keeping me up the most because it's just a that's Booth is always busy. And you this was the first time we got the extended interview with, with Nick, though, at the trade show, because that was another 20 minute interview. And it was a really good interview. Um, and Saka was great because we, we were a little late for Saka's appointment. And he was very accommodating to us, by the way, even though some other guys were trying to get in there, too, with, with, with him. Uh, he held he held for us. He, he was very, very gracious on it. He understood and, and uh, he still gave us plenty of time. But but yeah, that was I thought that was I didn't get to see that interview. So until afterwards, and I thought it was a really good interview. Yeah, I thought uh, what I love about Nick and I said this, you know, I've said this before, like the, you know, Nick, Nick's again, I guess the theme for today is like kindred spirits. I've, I've always had an affinity for Nick. We've always bonded every time that we're together and stuff. And Nick's a storyteller and uh, it's what his entire branding is. And it's, it's really well done. And like, I know we had some questions around the, the charter Oak expansion into these two lines, but when you hear him talk about his, you know, his father and grandfather and how, yeah. like why it matters and, and like, it, it makes sense that it's, that it's charter Oak. And he, you know, he wasn't going to put a value price, even though charter Oak is one of his value lines, he wasn't going to put a value price on those, but it made sense that charter Oak has the, his, his family's names on them because I mean, that's where they come from. They, you know, they come from, they come from Connecticut. So it's, it, it makes a lot of sense. And uh, it was, uh, it was really great to sit with them. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed my time. Ben, uh, what were your, what were your observations from that? Just because I, again, Coop wasn't there Aaron wasn't there. Um, what were your, some of your memories from that, from that uh, time with Nick? Yeah, I was a little nervous to be honest, but we're doing it just because not, not talking to Nick, we, we've known each other for more than a decade, you know? Uh, so, but I mean, we tried to interview him the day before, you know, and it didn't work out for many reasons. And then we, so we had, he wanted to come back in, you know, and, and do an interview with him. And so it ran really close to our interview with Steve Saka, which was which Coop was talking about. And I was yeah, like, I ran interference about. on that. I was getting worried too because people were trying to get in in front of us, and I thought Saka yeah. was going to let him in. Yeah, and the people kept trying to kind of horn in behind us to like get in this talk to Nick and see Nick, and he was no no, basically like make telling his guys like you know go, have you know tell him I'll, I'll talk to him later. You know, because he wanted to make sure he gave us all the time that we needed, you know, and he knew we had a time crunch because he knew we had a, we had an appointment with Saka, you know, but he, you know, he gave us a really good interview in a, a very short time, which is normally we, we take almost double the amount of time that we did, you know, but See, it seemed longer. It seemed longer. Maybe I was wrong. I felt that it was almost like a longer. I didn't look at the time, but it was it was shorter? It's it's it it felt shorter. I know that. Like mm-hmm. it felt like we were moving at a really good clip, you know. Because usually in, in there, you know, he's kind of goes into some little bit of banter with Bear and I usually too, you know. But it kind of like cut that down, you know. And he talked about his releases and 
I think he told a really good story about, you know, how, how, why these new releases are so important to him and what they mean, you know, and the good story behind them. So, you know, it's, it's always really good, you know, seeing Nick and talking to him and stuff. And, you know, it's like Bear said too, is like every one of these lines is very thoroughly thought out. You know, he's just not like dumping a cigar out, right? He, there's a huge thought process that goes in with everything he puts out, you know, and he, you know, it, it, it's, it's told in the blend, right? Like, I mean, his blends, I mean, he's got some blends that's not for my palate, but I don't see there's, I don't think he's got a dud in the line. He, you know, he's definitely got some that I pre- much preferred in, in, in my wheelhouse, you know, but there's no doubt that Nick has this massive passion for tobacco in this industry, then it comes through with that, in that interview, I think. I, um, I was a little concerned about, and we're going to talk about top about the Matapa came out too soon following charter Oak. Um, but I really like the branding he did on it. I, I like how he branded that whole thing. Uh, so I think that was a really good thing. And, and in fact, it's something different in Sumatra. You don't think of Nick with Sumatra before. So, um, so yeah, I, uh, I was pretty, uh, I have not smoked. I do have a Matapa. I have not smoked it. I, I smoked it and it's, it's it. a, it's a stronger. Did you, smaller. did you get one? I did get the, but I, I, yeah, I got that one. Okay, yeah. good. Good. Yeah. I made, I made sure that you got the, the back. Yeah, there was, there was no way we would have. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I would just give it the one I had. If not, yeah, yeah. Our um, our rep from North Carolina, John, was there. He was really, really, really helpful. Yeah, and uh, he, you know, we got those sample bags. He was three, and I'm like, no, we need a fourth one. We we got one more guy. Thank you, man. Back and Thank got you, it because at least, at least somebody on this panel. <laughs> Me. I, I sent you the I sent you Omar's backpack. <laughs> I got a lot of cigars for you. I'm not sure why they didn't make it. I said I I worked on Bear I worked put that at, thing. I, I, I worked at the table for like an hour after did. being fucking take- exhausted after fucking four days of coverage and interviewing, <laughs> des- diligently separating everything out and making sure that Coop's pile was the smallest, making sure that yours was the largest. And I'm just so I'm flabbergasted. There was a lot of Aramis's. <laughs> I know that because we got a lot, but we all got a lot of them. Yeah, but I was I was worried about it too because John and Nick both said they had very little sample packs of the new stuff. They didn't have any, and it was weird at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah, they made sure that they saved some for us. That was really appreciative of that. Yeah, he did. They did a nice job, and Uh, the amount of of money I spend with Nick, glad I got. That's true. (laughs) That's true. You know, and you were right because I was watching. So soccer, like, you know, it's funny. Espinosa talked about you had these three booze all adjacent. He says soccer, Malolo, and Espinosa were all like adjacent. So, but you could see soccer's booth was right next to Nick. And um, I'm watching all these media guys try to hone in on this. <laughs> and and there was no one to be wingman. But the difference is Nick had that private area, which made it easier. Well, you could see these guys were all trying to hone in. And then, then when they couldn't get there, they were going over to Saka's booth to try to get to Saka. And we had an appointment with Saka. We always booked the last the last day in the morning uh, with him. And because uh, it's a little less congested there. And we can always get Saka's thoughts of the show. But we finally did get Saka. Uh, he wasn't grumpy. He wasn't grumpy this year. He was tired, Saka, not grumpy Saka. He was tired, though. I could t- you could see he was very tired. 
but but we got uh you know and that's always you know Steve Sock is the second and the last interview we we publish and then the final interview we publish is always the Pete Johnson and this was an extended one with Pete Johnson this year. So I think that I think the Pete one went I want to say the Pete one almost went a half hour. I, I have that's to, about right. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. I know we still haven't edited. It. We'll we'll determine how many minutes with Pete Johnson it is, but I want to say it's about a half hour, and because Pete was really in good form, uh, and he was well rested this year for it. Uh, yeah, that's that's the those two are the two interviews. This goes back to my Stoker review days, where well, we would go do an interview with Pete and Steve. They always have a lot of really good, you know, stuff to say and stories to tell to where, you know, like we, we try to keep most of the interviews kind of short for many reasons. One, you know, it's it, we, we know they're there for business, so they don't need to be talking to us a bunch when they could be selling. Right. And uh, uh, besides that, we value their time, you know, and also it's a lot of work for us. You know, we have them that, that are really long and stuff, you know, and. So, but those two have such great stories to tell and information that it's just like, it goes however long it goes. Everything is purely organic. Right. Nothing, nothing is pre-canned or nothing. It just, it it goes where it wants to, you know? Yep. So, which is, it's also a good job by Baird. It's, you know, try to sometimes keep that reined in, especially with, with like with Matt Booth. Is the worst ones, you know. Yeah. He gets distracted too easy, and he goes, "Yeah, yes." But like with Pete and Steve, you know, they just they have they're always really good interviews. So it's always been our thing, just to like you know, it'll end when it ends, you know. Yeah. So that's why those two videos are are usually much much longer than our other ones, but it's well worth it. Definitely watch to the end. Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, I thought Pete had great products this year too. Uh, as a yes. soccer and Malo. Um, I mean, soccer we knew mo- we knew all soccer's releases. There really weren't any surprises with him. So- I mean, Pete brought in that 20th anniversary of the Blue Band, uh, yeah. which was really that was you know he always kind of throws a surprise. I don't know when that's getting released. I did not get one of those, by the way. I know you guys did. Yes, because we I know people. We know people. Yeah, I know I, know I did not. Yeah, I did not either, but I know you guys did. Uh, and those we don't know when those are coming out. And Pete said that that size is not going to be the size either. So he's, he brought a size and put the blue band on it. But apparently it's going to be a different size, he said. And those are going to be the Cuban jar releases, which they're the 20th anniversary. But it sounds like it may not be a year or two. But he, he was almost thinking it would be a couple of years before we see that, he said. Yeah, they, those jars look gorgeous. But I did smoke one of the one of the cigars I did smoke on the trade show floor was mm-hmm. a 20th. It was it was unbanded, right? They I were, smoked that last night. It was fucking money, dude. Oh my god, yeah. dude. It yeah. was unbelievable. I mean, I, I just remember it started off with that really strong pepine black pepper in the beginning, you know, you get it, it, the, the, then it just went to this roller coaster of amazing flavor. I'm not going to go into it much, but it was one of the best cigars I had at the trade show for sure. You know, but it just happened to where, you know, you know, Dan Reef, one of our good buddies, took care of us. We passed by to be like, hey, here, smoke this, try this, you know. So that's where we got a couple of those at. But you know, yeah, Pete's interview was great. Like we we talked about before, 
with the my father of the uh, the union cigar or the union so there's a lot more information about that in the interview how that came about in the interview with pete yeah so if you're interested in that watch the my father one and to get a more detailed explanation watch the pete johnson yeah the why interview yeah, I was glad that that came up in the interview. Again, I thought a lot of people who went to the Tatawai booths completely missed that, too. Like, they didn't even ask about it, right? Uh, which is why I just was really happy to see that all in there. Well, that's because of Bear. The, uh, you know. Bear but, but, like, Bear will ask the questions. That, like, you know, he's at the E.P. Carrillo. He asks about Oscar, vice versa. He asks Oscar about the E.P. Carrillo stuff. Last year, it was Dion with the uh, Excalibur. I mean, and that's where I think Bear has done a, a really good job with this. Um, that was, like I said, that was a really good conversation. I thought that, I think that was the, I think that interview might've been longer than the soccer interview. It was, um, I, yeah, I want to touch on the interview with Steve. So I, we've said this before and we even said it like actually in the interview and people will be able to catch it once it gets published. But one of the things that I absolutely love about Steve and I always take it to heart is he always challenges I take it as a challenge. I think it's like most we, we, we all it, do. Yeah. yeah. Most people just think it as, you know, uh typical soccer, like, like bluster. Like he gets frustrated because he feels like he says the same thing. He answers the same questions. People ask the same questions. So he always says, you know, ask me something interesting. And like, I really, I really do my best to try and ask him questions and take the conversation to places that it doesn't go. Last year, we got incredibly lucky with the absolute fucking gold of dragging your balls across the bathroom floor and what am I going to do with my chubby? And it was just absolutely immaculate. Um, But (laughs) to say nothing of the fact that we talked about some cool cigars, but this year I, I, again, kind of wanted to really explore a few things and the way the conversation took was really interesting because, you know, this was a year of a, you know, you know, in the last few months, you know, the last 12 months, we had some acquisitions going on, uh, specifically by STG. And, you know, he talked about how, you know, where's this kind of company going to go in terms of growth and how much further could it go? Like, because at certain points, at some point, he said, you know, it's like he has, like, there's a decision to make. Like, he, he like, Dunbar Tobacco Trust is in for sale, as far as I know. Uh, I mean, everyone's got a price, but like, it's, like it was, I, I took that and ran with it in the conversation. Like, so what, what does that look like? And for the first time in the half dozen, nine times I've interviewed Steve, and I think I've done a good job of asking him really unique questions over the years, but the first time he's like, wow, these are really tough, interesting questions. And that was a moment for me. And I know that was a moment for you too, Coop. Oh, it was. It, I'm it like, was, I, I, I like, and that was what we were trying to do all week. And it was such him being like, and I said he inspired a lot of us not to do these cookie cutter interviews. And absolutely, when he affirmed that, and he didn't know like we took this as a, he, maybe he did, but when he affirmed that, it was a big moment. I, I got to agree with you on that. Yeah, I think it was a, it was a combination of of mm-hmm. something that I've always strived with him and. um um it was it was it was terrific and i got to i got to give him an award at the end of my interview which was the the number one take which is i always give out every year to the most viewed slash downloaded slash watched uh all those fumar takes from the previous year and 
um two things were really special about that group because you got you got i got too. one i was on that show i was like wow like, it's up in my office upstairs now i haven't hung up in the office yeah and uh sorry it really touched him and that's that's a rare thing like steve's not an emotional guy he's not an so. emotional guy yeah and he was he was very touched and and i was i got emotional too like i even told ben i was like i gotta go take a minute man um after we were done yeah. <laughs> um and we had to go pete after that too I was like, yeah. he uh he took he took the certificate and he just gave it a little kiss and just placed it to the side with such care and it it meant so much to him and it was it was one of the best moments i've ever had and the fact that i got to share that with you guys and him and it was it was it was just it was just magic and we caught it all on video yep yep it was a magic moment it was a bare moment the bare moment of the show Absolutely. It's on video, yep. So you guys will get to see all that. Yeah, it was awesome. No, you did a really good job. Like I said, that's a that's our toughest customer there, you know, as far as interviews go. And I I've heard Steve, he hasn't shared who people are with interviews for the most part, but he's told me about some bad interviews he's had. So um um yeah, that was like I said, and then we went to Pete afterwards. We hit a couple of other booths afterwards. I know we hit the Postani. And skip, we went back to those guys afterwards, but uh, it wasn't that frantic. It was very different, like this year, where day one was hectic and day four was kind of like you know, we but I think the quality we got out of day four was really good. So, um, we have a lot of we have a lot of video out there, so uh, it was a good job by the team there. All right, let's kind of wrap it up, let's go to our top fives to wrap it up here. So I am going to put up, we're going to start with Nielsen. And oh. here's what I want to do with you guys. I have the list here. So if you don't, if you forget it, um, I'll put I it up. On this. Okay. But I'll put it up on the screen so people can see. So I had everyone, I asked everyone every year to do a top five. They do a top five of what you think are going to be very impactful cigars, big cigars at the trade show, stuff you may like. You can use your own criteria. Um, so I want to like, once you guys self-assess how well you did with that list. And two, was there something else that you had afterwards that maybe made that list or should have been on that list um, or something that disappointed you? You know, but I, I'm curious to see because we smoke stuff on the floor and after the show. So things do change. And I have a couple I'll add to mine and I have like an incomplete grade for one. So um, let's start off with uh, Aaron Nielsen. Your top five yeah. were, uh, was a foundation Matapa. The Aventura Navigator Ponce de Leon, the McAuliffe Black, the Furrier Table Gosuma, which was on everyone's list, and a really interesting pick, the Blackwork Studio Poison Dart. So, Aaron, tell me how you think this okay, so, did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My absolute shit. Like, I don't know what the F I was th- like. So, Look, don't censor I, yourself now, Aaron. <laughs> so, and I, I, I'm going to talk about one of your picks because. We had an interesting reaction from Henderson on this cigar. I know which one you t- it's the navigator. I want to talk about that one because Henderson's very high on that line. Yeah. So um 
when I did my list, it was more so of to uh, transparent of a what I was looking forward to and and b what I thought was going to be have some impact just because of either they needed a good release or or kind of following up on some of the momentum they had um and you know 2020 hindsight of course um i should have taken some things into consideration about the manufacturer and just maybe looked at it a little bit different way but i've got a couple incompletes um i haven't smoked the black yet um i don't have i i don't know if you guys got samples at the show i didn't but I don't have it in any of my lounges either. And I haven't seen it available yet. So I haven't. I have it. a couple extras I could shoot you, but these were, I got these before the show. So they weren't show samples, but and I the got other it. one, the other one that I haven't smoked yet is the poison dart. Um, but uh, you have. Yeah. I, I got it from a retailer though. I didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't get a sample, but the James doesn't hand out a lot of samples at shows too. So that's, that's. Sure. He's so, yeah, they're very tight with their samples. I'm curious. I'm curious just real quick. Bear, did you like it? It was fucking outstanding. Coop's gonna hate it because it's too Brazilian, but it's fucking great. Right. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward, and and that's the reason. Well, so I think part of the reason I put that poison dart on there is because I think James Brown is firing on all cylinders, and you know the SNR that I smoked that I'll butcher the name of it the the Madonna Negro. Um, Madonna Negro. Madonna Negro. I told you I was gonna butcher it. Um, is like my cigar of the year. I mean, I, I think that cigar, I've, I've smoked half the box since I've gotten it. So anyway, <clears throat> the Ponce de Leon Navigator in that size is awesome. Like, really like it. I like the line. I like the original. And I really like the extension of it. Now, I didn't realize, and I was when I was flying through the list, I didn't want to and didn't purposely put an extension because I didn't want to put extensions on there. But That's okay. I her and I'll, I'll live with it, whatever. I really liked it. Um, so let's go to the... the. And before you do that, let me comment on, on, on the Ponce de Leon, because I don't know if you saw or heard it during the Bear interview. Henderson made a point in that, and he, I don't think he saw your list. And he was saying that, that that Navigator is a cigar that he's done really well in some markets with, particularly the New York market he was talking about with this. Um. So and Navigator, I would say of the core lines behind like the you know the Queen's Pearls and stuff, it's a popular line. I, I didn't I didn't disagree with that pick necessarily because and especially after hearing Henderson say it in the interview, how that line has done well for him. So yeah. 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 And I think we all agree that Queen's Pearls like is my favorite of his line, but yeah. uh I really, really like yeah. uh that navigator and the extension of it. Now, so since the other two are kind of incomplete, um I'm going to loop, I'm going to just for inference of time. I know we've gone way over. Um, it's the last segment. So yeah. We're yeah. Gonna be good. So the other two, um, it kills me. Uh, disappointment. I was um, really looking forward to both. And kind of the reasons I talked about, like I thought the Olmec was a great addition to that line. Um, the Matapa to me is. I don't know what uh, it's like a, a just a slightly tweak of the Melnick, right? I, I just I thought it was fine. Like both the 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 Suma and the and the Melnick, I mean I'm sorry, the Matapa are are fine cigars. I was and maybe my expectation was too high, but in smoking both of those, and I've smoked them um post trade show, so I gave them some time. 
um, was disappointed. So would I redo my list? Absolutely. 2020, you don't know going into it. You know, but yeah. For the, the, the Suma and the uh, Matapa, both were disappointments to me that uh, from smoking. Now, could they get better with age? Maybe a different Vitola, of course. I don't know if they'll come out in different Vitolas, especially the, the Suma. Um, but at the same time, a um, little disappointed. So I'll give myself a D minus with some incompletes with the other two. But what you what Bear said about the dart, and then you guys are really high in the black. Um, I'm looking forward to smoking both those, and I think those will be good picks. Um, did like the Navigator, but the other ones, I just kind of was a letdown. Yep. I didn't put black on my list just because it was out already. But, um, but yeah, I think they had some buzz at the trade show. I do. I think a lot of people were asking me about it and telling me like they liked it. All right. Let's go to Ben Lee. And we and everyone's gonna have a comment on the Ferritega Suma. Um and so Ben, you had Ferritega Suma at one, Perdomo 30th anniversary, Sungrown two. Uh you had the Charter Oak uh cigars at three, Postani Connecticut four, and Tatawai 20th anniversary five. How did you do? Was there any disappointment? And was there some things afterwards that you would have put on this list? Yeah. Well, obviously, one thing we would have put on this on my list was the La Roma de Cuba, uh, Connecticut that we had. I thought that was the best cigar I had at the damn trade show. Absolutely. I think we all. Yeah. And I didn't put it on mine because it was a pre-release. But yeah, it was absolutely the best cigar at the trade show. Sorry, sorry to steal Ben's thunder here. Just uh, as a quick note on my list. I- I didn't go to some that I would have added the 30th, the, I didn't even know about the 20th anniversary. I didn't see that. And then obviously the, the La Roma de Cuba would have been added. So anyway. Yeah, no problem. Nope. All good. All good, man. We, we said, this is there's no wrong answers here. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> so I went back to our spreadsheet and I read, I said, well, okay, let me redo you know, our you know, post picks. And honestly, the only thing I would change from my list, because I smoked everything on this list, was the Ferrotega Suma. I replaced it with the La Roma de Cuba, Connecticut. Everything else, I it came out just how I was expecting it. Honestly, uh, I smoked the I, I smoked the thirtieth Perdomo in the Sun Grown today. It, it just happened to be that. Um, my home shop in Biloxi, Mississippi, the owner there is one of the 75 retailers is getting the 30th and they gave him one of the samples and he later gave me that sample and I, I waited want to make sure it was well acclimated back on my humidor, you know, and normalized before I smoked it. And I smoked this morning while I was editing some of our videos and I thought it was fantastic release. It's, to me, it's a lot lighter version of the 20th. It's it's more medium, mild, medium body to me. But it had a really good flavor. I really enjoyed it. Um, foundation, I smoked both of those. I think it was a Pasquale that's the Connecticut one. Yeah. And I much, much, much prefer that one. That that cigar is 100% box worthy, even at 16 bucks. It wow. is a fantastic cigar. Loved it. Um, the Posanya Connecticut, I had it when we came on the show. It was, I love that cigar. Uh, to me, it's another box worthy Pas- cigar. Pasquale is a broadleaf and Pegnatero is a Connecticut shade. The Pegnatero, that's the one that I like the most. And the Pasquale okay. is the yep. one I thought it was good, but it's not, not really my, my thing. Yep. Uh, so that's 
that's what I would like on that. Can the Pisani Connecticut? I had it both in the Torpedo and the Toro. I did like the Toro more. Um, and I that one was really good. It's 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 a different Connecticut, man. It's I mean, it's it's a it's got more body to it, it's more full bodied, but it has some unique flavor to it. It's it's different from most other Connecticut. So it's it to me, it's box worthy. Tattoo White 20th anniversary. Um, I had it at the show, thought it was one of the top cigars I had, period. And I was so like we talked about, I don't smoke much at the show, but since I've been home, you know, and I've let a lot of, like I said, I, when I, we get back to our house, you know, I put them in my big travel case and my humi bag. So they're humidified. So when I get back, I give them about a week or so, unless they were given to us in a humi bag. And, or, or I know they come out of a humidified area and I, sm- I started smoking a lot of stuff because I was making up the lost time and st- I still th- love my list just like it is with the exception of the Ferry Tego. I did smoke the Suma and to me it started off really good and but then it kind of just fell off at around the middle point and I just I think it needs more time. I think it's going to be a really good cigar. I just think it needs a little bit more time. Before. I agree. I agree. I thought it was really good, too. Um, it, there was some youngness, but it was pretty much close to ready to be smoked. Uh, mine wasn't, like I said, I, I think the last third was where I started saying, well, maybe a little more time with it, but yeah. Yeah, but other than that, I, I would not change my list from what I've all that I've smoked. Uh, I would, the only two that was hard to not put on here that was really hard was one was a Roma craft Volstead, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Really, really good cigar. Yeah. <clears throat> and shit, what was the other one I just had in my head? I thought about putting on here. Fuck, it slipped my mind now. There was I had two. It was like honorable mentions if we were allowed to do that. Yeah, you're allowed to but in this case <clears throat> let them. But the Volstead was definitely one of them. I yeah. thought that was a really, really, really good release. Um and shit, I cannot. It's it got it's late to me, so I can't. I right. cannot remember. If it come to me, we'll come back to it. Okay. But my list, I thought well, it was really good. I wouldn't. I'm not gonna change anything except swap up my number one for the La Roma de Cuba, Connecticut. Okay. Good. Good job. Okay, Bear, you broke the rules here. Of course. Um, let's go again. Uh, assess your list. Was there anything you had on the floor after the floor? Any disappointments? Um. Well, I've just smoked number five, you know, the 10th anniversary of Atabay. Uh, and uh, that, that yeah. wasn't, no, but that wasn't your number five. You had the grand selection. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, so I haven't smoked number five. So oh, that being the exception, I guess, um, if I could swap it out for the 10th, because that fucking cigar was amazing. Holy shit. Um, well, no, I mean, that's I, what I mean. That's the part you had something now off the floor. Yeah. So that's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, no, I think my I think my list is I think my list is awesome. Um, the Pisani Connecticut uh, w- is is an amazing cigar. Uh, I grouped this with again my, my my explanation speaks for itself. I broke the rule because I grouped it together in the sense of I, I'm I'm earmarking 2023 as a new era of Nica Sueño, and what we saw from the you know I guess you could call it the first era right uh of Nika Sueño was you know was fucking amazing right so 
I think this, I'm earmarking 2023 as the new era of Nico Sueno. And I, that's why I had both of those on here. Now I left off Quinn, uh, Quinn because, uh, to be quite frank, like I said, they they didn't really. I mean, he's been talking about it for a really long time, but they didn't really market that it was going to be there. Volstead was the, the 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 talking piece for it, and I'm smoking my third one right now. And Volstead's freaking awesome. Pasanga, Connecticut's awesome. I had the opportunity to smoke the 30th anniversary uh, Sun Grown with Nicholas on Sunday. Uh, that cigar is absolutely worthy of the 30th anniversary name. Sensational cigar beautiful um and uh so it was it was fantastic as well uh didn't get to smoke the costa maga 15th anniversary until i got back home let it acclimate that cigar is also amazing um agree 100 i didn't i didn't get one of those so you know but uh that's okay i mean uh well if you had hung around uh and and talked with uh manolo at uh you know delmonico you might have you know you might have Gotten in with the in in with the end, you know. And, I, I have uh, ends with Prasad. I'm not with worried. the cool kids. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not worried. So, it, it was uh, it's fantastic. It's one of the that one that was my other honorable mention because that cigar was absolutely stunningly delicious. Right, and and I think the the suma that that Herklotz put together with with Quesada did uh, just a fantastic job of that. The it's it's a very very unique blend. Um, it's very nuanced, um, and it's it's a beautiful smoke. Now I smoked it in the Torpedo, which everyone knows is not my favorite Vitola, um, and I really enjoyed it. I'm very much looking forward to smoking other Vitolas, and um, I, I think again, I think this is propelling Michael into a very long history uh, of what will be a very long history of Ferriotego and the Ferriotego name. So it was, it was great. Um, uh, uh, La Roma de Cuba, best cigar, a Connecticut best cigar that I smoked on the trade show floor by far. Uh, if you want to swap that out for the Alfonso, I can. Um, yeah. I mean, this is just, again, we're just, there's nothing formal here. We're just trying so, to self, self assess. But, yeah. but no, I thought, I thought my list was really good. Wouldn't change it. All the cigars delivered uh, and uh, uh, either at expectation or above it. And uh Yeah sensational okay nice job all right and i'll go last so i have a few things to say about my list um i've only smoked one of these cigars on the list all right so i'm 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 looking at this a little differently than maybe you guys did these were for the most part all regularly available cigars maybe some a little more limited in production and i want to kind of just go down this list and i'm gonna tell you things that i just do i think these things like I'm trying to find a cigar for the next five to ten years that's going to be a staple in a humidor, and I I'm look I'm saying Perdomo was the star of the show as far as that goes. That Perdomo 30th was I didn't get it I didn't smoke it but people have smoked it. Retailers were buying it. They loved everything about that cigar line. A lot of them bought bought the cigars without trying them. So I think that was that's going to carry Perdomo into the next decade. I, I absolutely think that was the star of the show. Matapa was a bit of a disappointment. I didn't hear a lot of buzz about Matapa. I didn't hear like Nick did it again. I didn't really get that feel from people. I think my fear is, um, I think I did have this one too high. Now, the cigar may be really good, but I don't know. I think I just didn't hear a lot of excitement about this cigar. The Alfonso Grand Selection is the incomplete. I don't think anyone got that cigar. I don't think we're going to know about that cigar until after the trade show and it arrives at retailers. So I think it's an incomplete. 
Fairy Tame of Suma, a lot of people ordered that cigar. So I think it gave I think it was a nice boost for Mike. I thought the cigar was 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 pretty good. Um and that was one of I smoked that on the patio at the compound. Uh I enjoyed it less. I think Lester was a little young, but it it's gonna be a good cigar. I think it's a nice addition. Um the question I have is will will people go back and reorder that cigar? And I think that's what we're gonna have to see with that. It's already shipped that cigar too. Um, and then the other incomplete is the Agonorsal Leaf Lunatic Maduro. Terrence told me the cigar sold very well. He believes they sold out of it. So let's see how what happens at the retailers as it fly off the shelves um, on that. Do you think that's going to be a five to ten year cigar? I think they're going to do it for a while. They're going to do limited every year. I think it will. Because uh, the Woody by Oscar is, which I think is a terrible cigar, it sells everywhere. Coop. I just think you're deluded, man. Well, <laughs> well, well. I, again, the look at the Asylum '90s. Tell me they don't sell. They sell out all the time. The '90s. You you have to take your personal preferences out of this. Is how I'm looking at this exercise. Hot calling the kettle black, there, man. I don't know if the cigar is going to be good or not. I'm just saying <laughs> I think the cigar is going to move, and I think we're going to be hearing about okay. the 10100 for a few years to come. Okay. It is more of a limited release, but I think without that, Perdomo knocked it out of the park. Now, um, as far as I think Matapa, like I said, it didn't have the buzz I thought it had. I'm not saying the cigar is good or not. La Roma de Cuba, I underestimated that. I don't know how much traction it had at the trade show. Um, I think we'll see in the next few months if it starts turning at the retailers. We'll know the answer to that. But the the other cigar I had at the trade show afterwards was the Cinco and Cinco by Hoya de Nicaragua. I mm. absolutely think they knocked it out of the park with that one. Uh, it was a fantastic cigar. It's I put the Cinco and Cinco is between the Quattro Cinco and the Cinco de Cadiz. It kind of fits right in the middle with those two. It's kind of almost a, a cross with it. I think it was a great release, underrated release by Hoya de Nicaragua. Um, and then I'm going to just say it. Uh, Papa Saka was good. Yes. I, had I several, thought it was yeah. fantastic. Papa I Saka was, was real. This is going to be Papa the good. Here's your consensus winner for this year, guys. The media is going to go all crazy because it's better than yeah. Saka Khan. I think it's way, way better than Saka Khan. I way think so. better. If they gave Saka Khan the consensus, if the media people all had this high, Papa Saka, I'm telling you, every reaction I've sp- spoken to people on this, better than Saka Khan. Better than, yeah, I think this was a much better side. So I, I believe that's going to be a very impact. I think it's going to be a monster hit for Steve with that one as well. So, um, but that, that we'll see. That. I think that Perdomo 30th anniversary, it was a star. It was like I said, I think it's going to carry Perdomo. And you smoked it bare and Ben. So you guys, it's a good cigar. It's, so very, it's, gonna, good. it's very, gonna, very good. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, and you got to say they, they, uh, and if you haven't seen Bear's interview with Nicholas, uh, he talks about the story about Nick Perdomo didn't have the packaging. He didn't know about the packaging until the night before. Um, and I can tell you that's a confirmed story. I didn't know if it was true at first. And then um, I, there was, uh, I heard Dave Garofalo talk about he was at the dinner that night. So Nick, Nick sent me a picture of 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 his reaction. Nick uh, Nicholas Perdomo Jr. Was it a, what, that, what was what was the reaction actually? I, I just I mean I mean you can see you can see the love it, of it, father I, man. Just it was beautiful. It was yeah. a beautiful moment. I, yeah. I mean the only thing better would have been to would to sit in person, but it was yeah. it was it yeah. was beautiful. Yep. Yeah. Here's the oh. uh, Cinco de Cinco we got too. Oh, That's yep. what it looks like. Yeah, it's it's really good, guys. I mean, uh, I haven't smoked mine yet. That's I, I, I did, yeah, I was. Uh, it's a box worthy cigar, easily. 
Oh, one more that I would like to mention. Uh huh. Johnny Tobacconot. Johnny Tobacconot. Johnny Tobacconot was good. It was Man, pretty good. And fire. Again, we wow. talked about uh, if it was one of the better cigars at the General Boots or the General Ford's Boots, excuse me. Yeah. Um, I, Alec Bradley I've, Magic Toast was good. The uh, five year was good too. Yeah. Matt Booth knows what a Daruma Gold fan I was with, you know, his, you know, uh, uh, was, prior. That was, that was a disappointment when they brought it back, guys. No, Daruma Gold, not the original Daruma. Whatever Daruma they brought Gold, back as Daruma was a disappointment. They revived back Daruma. So, um, I was a huge Drew McGold fan. I thought that was the best cigar he's ever made. Uh, one of the very limited. Brands. It was very limited release. Yeah. And when I, but I, we told, we talked, when we talked to Matt in the, the, the post interview, inter, the post show interview that we did from John, the, the Johnny Tobacconauts, the best cigar he's ever made. He wanted, yeah. He made sure he said, I want you to, when we did that zoom, he wanted me to smoke in that. And that was the first time I had it. Uh, and it was really good. Uh, I was yeah. very surprised by that cigar. I didn't expect because I was very disappointed with the re-release of Daruma. I was really down on that release. It was nothing like the Darumas I remembered. And uh, but this one uh, and the 14th anniversary was very good. I thought the 14th anniversary was excellent. So he had a couple of really nice releases there um, as well. I do say I've, I so the Johnny Tobacconot, I had the Robusto and I also had the Toro. To me, the Toro was much better than the Robusto. They always give us Robustos at these, like when we get samples. Um, but if I think if we ask Victoria for the Toro, she'll get it for us. I'll be on that. Yeah, I think we should because maybe that's when we, we you know, something maybe that's a that's a good uh candidate round for round table yeah i, I mean i was thinking i mean i think there's a lot of good cigars we're going to have for round tables over the next year coming out of the trade show i don't think we should use the samples from the trade show either but no, uh, never. no. yeah um uh, yeah i'll say this the other thing i'll say and i know it, i didn't have as many damaged samples as i had last year last year was a tr i had collateral damage to cigars um I think because we did things at the show, like put them in the humidified bag, I think it was a big help. Yeah. So this one, this Esteban actually is a little dry. That I'm having. This is like, it's, it's a little dry. But it's, uh, so it's, I don't think it's getting a fair shake tonight. Um, can I, uh, can I just say something that's been bothering me for like the last 30 minutes? It's, no. uh, no, no, you can't. I can't. Yeah, go ahead. no, you okay. can't. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go. Of course you can. Yeah. It's Ponce de Leon, not Ponce. Thank you, Bear. Boy, I'm gonna sleep better tonight. That's <laughs> right. It's Ponce. dude. Look, 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 it's it's a main feature article in Who Gives a Shit magazine, Aaron. You're gonna love it. I gotta I gotta say something about <laughs> this, okay? So I gotta say something about this Ponce de Leon. Ponce, wait, 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 he did wait. it again. Ponce. 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 I thought Newman has the I thought Newman has the trademark for that. Maybe they do. They have it. They have a. They have a Ponce de Leon cigar. Dude, that, when has that ever stopped anybody from putting out somebody else's trademark shit? Newman I mean, usually goes after that stuff. Newman usually goes after that stuff. That's why I'm surprised it made it as long as it did, uh, because I, I remember seeing the Ponce de Leon cigar in the museum, and I did some googles, and and apparently it was a J.C. Newman cigar at one point. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. It's a good question. Um, but that was the one I wondered. Um, well, it's, not uh, as, it's not as obvious, like you know, pan, panda, you know. Well, and that's that's I yeah I don't know what's gonna happen with that either. So, uh, um, 
but yeah, if you do some Googles, you can find some Ponce de Leon cigars out there. Uh, and it's uh, you could definitely do that. But yeah, Panda will be interesting too. All right, guys, we kept everyone real late, so I want to thank you guys. Uh, always, this is the best team in the world. Um, and uh, it's appreciated. Uh, it's an honor to work alongside, learn by you guys, but more importantly, have the friendship. Um, I can't wait to, for us all to get together again. Um, so thank you guys very much. I want to thank the audience as well for hanging in there. Uh, last, and I want you. Know, I want to also thank the sponsors: uh, Dalos Ray Cigars, um, Altidus, and uh, Drew State. I mean, they they made it possible for us to really cover the trade show as we did. Uh, by the way, Dalos Ray Cigars, we missed them. They had that. That was by the way, that saga was good. The Yamasa saga was really good. We I, uh, we did get to them. Yeah, we did get. We didn't I, talk about oh. them tonight, though. We didn't talk about them tonight. We should have. Um, so shame on us, but that, that I was glad to see they had, uh, and they have the new Corona size of the Solaz coming out. So, um, but yeah, we want to thank them as well. They've been with us a long time and, uh, these, we couldn't do this without those folks. Um, Bear and I will be back in two weeks on, uh, August 15th for a show. And it happens to be the 13 year anniversary of Cigar Coop that night. Um, and we're going to bring on, I, I know I set myself up for this one. Um, Matt Booth. <laughs> I'll be there to help you out. Coop. Yeah. But hopefully he's soft that night. I don't think you and I have interviewed Booth before. Uh, but I, I chose Matt because Matt was one of the first people I interviewed at a trade show. So, um, you know, he, I, I go way back to when he was in the Camacho days when he was in a Camacho booth separate from Davidoff. So, uh, you know, I've, I've been so looking forward to that. That will be on the 15th. And then one other note, primetime 278 will be next Thursday, the 10th. And uh, Aaron Loomis and I will be interviewing Mike Giordano, the CEO of Quality Importers. So I don't think he's done a lot of interviews before. So we're pretty excited about that. And that's it, guys. We kept this actually, we kept it under four hours because we started a little late. So, uh, but that's good, guys. But I appreciate you guys so much. Uh, Thanks, our audience. And that's going to wrap up Primetime Special Edition 144 into the annals of history for Tuesday, August, no, Wednesday, August 2nd. Uh, Wednesday, August 2nd, now Thursday, Thursday August, August 3rd, 3rd. The Eastern and Central Time Zones. <laughs> yeah, I'm confused because it's a Wednesday we did this show. Feels like Tuesday. Uh, we'll catch everybody on the flip side. Take care, everybody. Buy your subscription to Who Gives a Shit magazine. See you next time. Flying off the uh, shelf. <laughs> <See you later. laughs>